And now, introducing a man who just put pen to paper on a fully guaranteed five-year, $230,000 contract for PressBox Sports, plus free smoky thigh wings for the duration of the contract. Lunch is on him, and so is the joke. He is Glenn Clark. And know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling for free and confidential services. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We'll get to that here in a bit, although the scenarios are already up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Radio. You can find them there. Coming up on the program today in just a few minutes, we're going to chat with uh, Mark Ross from the NFL Network, former Giants front office executive. Get his thoughts on the ongoing saga of the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Steve Bashotti, of course, speaking to the media yesterday. We'll cover that here in a second. Um, also later on this morning, Drew Forrester joins us as he does every Wednesday. We will check in with our buddy Drew, who's going back on the ra- Who would do that? Who would go back on the radio after all of these years? What a stupid to do a Sunday show. That's so dumb. I can't believe that so- anybody would do that. Please remember that Sarita Hubbard and I. <laughs> it's do real we have, weird. Do real we weird how it's yet? working out. Uh, I, Drew's starting on the 10th. We're not sure exactly yet when we're starting, but we'll let you know. Drew, I know, is starting on Master Sunday. Uh, will be his first episode. I think it's Fairways and Greens or something. I don't remember. I'm sorry. It, he's my lead-in. I should probably know. We'll talk about it with Drew. Um, also this morning, our buddy Greg Rosenthal, NFL.com, around the NFL, NFL Network, and all the various places. And, of course, the host of the number two podcast in the entire Dominican Republic. Courts of courts of thunder. Uh, Greg will check in with us. We'll talk uh, football. He uh, he tells me he disagrees with something I said about Lamar Jackson. So I like that because it means we can we can have a little little healthy debate there. And then um, we'll you know we're gonna talk about tennis because it's what Greg and I do. And you, you guys can tune out if you want, but we're gonna do it anyway. Uh, for those of you that are courts of thunder fans, so that is on the way this morning here on GCR. Um, you guys might have questions. I know a lot of you reached out. I, I sent out kind of a cryptic, you know, I, and I alluded to it on the program yesterday, I sent out kind of a cryptic tweet about this big guest that we had scheduled for today. I'm not yet ready to talk about it. Not yet, because conversations are ongoing with this person. Um, or not this person, but their camp. Um, about what they'd be willing to talk about with us. And... You know, we don't, nobody is coming to us because we're a bastion of journalism. Like, nobody is doing that. But there is still an amount of journalistic integrity that we have to keep up. And I'd, I'd like to hope that you guys would expect that. Um, and so we were offered a very significant guest. And I was happy to have that person on the show. Um, we scheduled it for today. And then we were, you know, told that we could only talk about certain things. And, you know, I, as, as you guys know, there's this famous clip, right, of Mike Francesa saying, oh, we're not going to go down to the Super Bowl and let everybody come on and, and just plug whatever it is they want to plug. And then there's this, you know, the fast cut to him going to the Super Bowl, and literally it's just nothing but him letting people come on and plug whatever it is they want to <laughs> plug. We do that all the time. I've never if, – if in order to have a conversation with somebody, we got to let them plug an aftershave or they're going to let them plug whatever it is they're plugging – was it uh, famously uh, was it Matt Harvey that did the interview on Dan Patrick or is like I'm 
I'm just here to really honor and recognize Qualcomm. <laughs> and Dan Patrick's like, can we talk to you about your injuries? Like, no, I'm just here to honor and and really, really shed some light on Qualcomm. <laughs> This is one of the more embarrassing things that you've ever seen. God, poor Dan Patrick. That and Kyler Murray just saying, nope. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, again, even then, at least he asked the questions. And that's sort of my, my the point that I've made is I just have to be able to ask the questions. Whatever the answers are, I can't force somebody to answer a question. Mm-hmm. Dan Patrick couldn't force Kyler Murray to, to answer the question. Um, but you have to be able to ask them. Right. Like, I can't agree ahead of time. I will not ask certain questions. You know, it's funny because every now and then you'll get somebody – I'm trying to remember. I swear to God, like one Sean Merriman's been a regular with me over the years, and I remember like one time it was like you can't ask him about uh, his relationship, and I was like, I don't even know who he's dating. I don't even know who he's dating. <laughs> Why would I bring that up? Every now and then we'll get something like that, and it's just so not relevant to us that it's like that's fine. I it actually doesn't. I'm happy to do that because I had no interest in talking about that anyway. Or as I, Drew and I talked about, we had Jennifer Garner come by one time, and they were like, you can't talk to her about so-and-so. And I was like, I don't even know who so-and-so is. <laughs> it's fine. We'll talk to her about whatever. Later found thing. out it was me. Yeah, correct. It was uh, Paul Valley who had been secretly dating Jennifer Garner. <laughs> and they had this lovely daughter, Jessica, who's not doing quite well for herself. Yeah, she won't She won't let me let, let me be involved. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's that. a real shame. Real shame yeah. for you, bud. Just yeah. a real shame. I'm sorry. I'm, I, me? Uh, you know, we'll talk about that me later. Too. Yeah, me right? Too. It doesn't, doesn't help anything. <laughs> Um, but it's, I would say there's still a chance that this segment will occur. That's all I can say. Hell, I don't know. There's a chance this person might call today. I don't know. Who knows? We actually are, we're not, we're not certain this person didn't call yesterday. We got a call at 11 o'clock yesterday and we're not sure who it was from because who were we talking to at 11 o'clock? We were talking to somebody. Oh, Patrick. Um, Yeah. Patrick was on the phone with us. We were not expecting a call at 11 o'clock yesterday and we unfortunately still have, Paul, show everybody. The Brady Bunch 1970 phone system we're working with. That's, if you ever confuse yourself into thinking that we are, people are like, boy, you guys, you know, going on, going, you being, the, you were the first, you went online, you took the show on State them. of like, the art. Like, no. Not Our that 1977 X300 telephone. Might as well have two cups and a string at this point. We are That's not. That's actually how there. our interview happened for this job was. Yes, yeah, correct. The That's a good point. And by the way, I was impressed that you had it lying around, and yeah. I said, you know, a man, uh, MacGyverish from you, and I said, That's that's how I know. Got to be prepared. He's right for the job. Um, so yeah, we got a call at eleven yesterday, and it might have been from the person that we've been negotiating with. Um, I'm I'm genuinely not sure. I don't know. Um, so anyway, the moral of the story being, I will, I will promise that if it, if it doesn't happen or I know it's not going to happen, I will tell you guys about it. Um, while we're still having the conversation, I'm going to continue to leave it alone because it is a, a pretty prominent guest. And I do think it would still be better to have that person on, um, than to, you know, to, to potentially risk it by revealing too much at the moment. So, uh, I hope you guys will be willing to trust me on that. I mean, my God, if you've come out of your way to find the show for as long as we've been doing it, I'd, I'd like to hope there's an amount of trust that's involved when we say something like that. That's all I can tell you right now. I just wanted to make sure that we covered that because we had teased a big guest coming up for today's show, and we got it. Drew Forrester is going to join us today at 1040. We we landed the white whale, and I'm not making a joke about Drew Forrester's size. That's just L- saying Live from his hot tub. Who knows? Who knows where he might be? 
All right, so there's that. Now, uh, on to more pressing matters. Steve Bishotti, indeed, spoke with the media yesterday down in Palm Beach. And, you know, didn't provide much more clarity, but at least gave us, I don't know, the owner's perspective. And I think if you're looking for something that makes you feel at peace... Steve Bishotti saying, we're going to pay Lamar would probably make you feel at peace, right? Like the, the Ravens, the Ravens, anybody who's saying something like, well, maybe the Ravens are still wondering if he's good enough. Well, Steve Bishotti is painting a different picture. Steve Bishotti is painting a different picture about where they are in relation to Lamar Jackson. A couple of the quotes that stood out. I'm pulling this from ESPN.com. The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve to be on top. People can speculate any way they want. I don't think he is turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or the other. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now, he's saying that he's speculating that. He's not saying that he knows that. He's not saying Lamar Jackson told them that. It it still wouldn't make a lot of sense from a player standpoint. Like if you never win a Super Bowl, you're never going to get a contract because that would seem super odd. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Like there are really, there are hall of fame players. Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl. Hall of fame quarterbacks have gone their entire career without winning a Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers might end up in the hall of fame. I I think most people believe he's going to end up in the hall of fame. Never won a Super Bowl. Never got to a Super Bowl, frankly. Um, I, I, it would seem a bit much for the stand- Warren Moon never won a Super Bowl. It would seem a bit much for the standard to be either I have to win a Super Bowl or I can never sign a contract. Not to mention he just stated his life goals this month are A, to win a Super Bowl, and B, to be a billionaire. So I think money kind of matters, it seems. Uh, 100%. 100%. But it, although it did come across that, that that was more about the stature of being a billionaire than specifically being a billionaire, the way he said it, at least to my ears. I didn't didn't read too much into it, but I I hear you. Um, The response to Deshaun Watson's contract I thought was also interesting from Steve Bishotti. Quote, I'm trying to answer that when I had a reaction to it, and it's like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. Pause. I think we can all agree about that. Go on. To me, that's something that is groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play that game, you know? We shall see. If I was in bogged down negotiations with Lamar, then maybe I would have a quicker reaction to that news. So I'm going to come back to a couple points that have been made, and we'll present these with Mark Ross, who's going to join us here in a few minutes. I'm going to come back to a few things. One thing that I said yesterday, I ended up engaging for a while with a few different people about this, is it's weird to me. Like, for example, Mike Tannenbaum, who we reached out to, and I think there's a chance that we might end up chatting with Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum was talking about how Lamar Jackson might go down as a Hall of Fame agent for what he's pulling off. Look what he did by waiting and letting Deshaun Watson go first. You know, now he's set up. And my response to that is, right, but you have to still do a deal at some point. We can keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and the numbers will always go up. But in order for you to actually have that pay off, you have to sign a contract. You have to get money out of the process. And if Lamar Jackson goes into next season playing on his fifth-year deal instead of a new deal, he's leaving money on the table. That, that part cannot be debated. 
if he signs a deal now, he can have more guaranteed money coming his way than what he would be getting if he just plays on the fifth year of his rookie contract. There is no reason why it's a benefit. The idea that you just keep letting more quarterbacks do their contracts and keep seeing where things escalate, there's two trade-offs there. The first being, of course, the risk part of it. And you can point out that, yes, Dak Prescott got hurt and still got a massive contract afterwards. You don't know what someone's specific injury is going to be. As I said before, my God, let me knock on every piece of wood that I can find. But you never know if Lamar Jackson's injury is going to be more similar to Alex Smith's injury. And again, my God, give me, let me have you know, a, a wood. I, I don't just want to keep knocking on wood as I say all these things. You just never know. You never know when something happens away from the field that ends up being detrimental to your career. Something along those lines. You are trading off guarantees. And then there's the second part of it, the part that nobody really wants to talk about, which is the quarterbacks now understand they can hold NFL teams hostage. Deshaun Watson was able to get a fully guaranteed contract from the Cleveland Browns because the Browns had decided they were in a spot where they had to do better than Baker Mayfield, and there was only one way for them to do that. So they had to give up everything in order to make sure they got their guy. Including their souls. 100%. Alle- we Allegedly. Whatever, you know, we should say something like that. The quarterbacks hold the league hostage. If Lamar Jackson agrees to a deal right now and the numbers escalate towards $75 million two years from now, you know what Lamar Jackson can do? Demand another contract. Because you know who had a contract and didn't need one this offseason but managed to get one because a team needed a quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Every player can redo their deal to make it more favorable to them, that's a quarterback. If you continue to be a successful quarterback. If you don't, you're not getting the money anyway, so the point is moot. You can't make this make sense, which doesn't mean that Lamar Jackson deserves criticism. He has every right to do it. If Steve Bishotti is correct, and Lamar Jackson, just in his being, says... I, I want to win a Super Bowl before I do this, before I do the Boku deal. I mean, kudos to him. He's allowed to make whatever decisions he wants. It wouldn't be the decision that Glenn Clark would make. I ain't waiting until I'm the number one. We're the number two podcast, not this one, Courts of Thunder in the Dominican Republic. I'm not waiting until I'm the number one podcast. I'm going back and negotiating today being the number two podcast. I'm saying up yours, David Ortiz. <laughs> Your podcast sucks. Mine's number two. Numero dos. I don't even know what number one is for what it's worth. We just found it. It was super random. I got an email saying we're like the number one podcast in all of Serbia and the number two podcast in all the Dominican Republic. That's cool. I, it was very weird, bro. It was really it's weird, weird, but it's cool. It was, I'm like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make you any sense. You can literally walk all. around going, we're number one. Well, we did a bit. We did a bit with it. But it makes no sense whatsoever. And it's not a podcast to make any money off of. So it doesn't help <laughs> me anyway. But, I, you know, if you'd like to change that moving forward, we'll accept sponsorships for Courts of Thunder. Um,. Anyway, the, the moral of the story being that I am um, I'm I'm in a place where I don't think Lamar Jackson deserves any amount of criticism at all. 
but to try to portray him as being brilliant, he still doesn't have a contract. <laughs> We're kind of just talking out of our ass. And it just might be a personal thing with him. Like, I have certain goals, and he can do that, but we can't make this make sense. It's winning replacement theory. We, if, if you're someone who loves Lamar, you want to say, like, Lamar's so smart. And ultimately, I still don't doubt that Lamar Jackson is going to end up getting a contract worth a lot of money. The Ravens do have to think about, are we going to be able to get there? Are we going to come to a place where you are going to feel like it's time? Because it is problematic for them. And if there's a side of this, right, like if in only hearing the Ravens' side of the equation, because that's all we've heard from, if only hearing the Ravens' side of the equation means we're missing something, means we're missing the part where when, when Steve Bishotti says, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to play that game, He's saying, we will never do a contract like that. And Lamar Jackson is saying, well, that's what I'm doing, or I'm not signing. That's standard now. I'm, I'm more reliable than Deshaun Watson is. I'm getting a fully guaranteed contract. One, I don't blame him one bit. That is standard now. And somebody is willing to give it. This goes back to the part that I don't understand. Why wouldn't you just demand a trade? There's somebody who desperately needs a quarterback that would be willing to, to, to risk it all in order to have you because they're afraid of what they might have otherwise. If And even if Steve Bishotti felt that way, for him to come out and say that would be putting a nail in his own coffin, I think. I, just, I think it would be a bad look to, to just come right out with your star quarterback who needs a new contract, wants a new contract, saying this is what I want. For the owner to come out and say we will never pay a contract like that, it's not only a bad look for you, but it's a bad look to... Any other any other player that wants to sign, one hundred percent, right? Like if you say, "I'm never going to be the team that does that," like we'll never be along. No, again, I get it. We are, we we do have to see what happens here. We do have to see if one alone, you could argue, does not make it standard. But it's going to be really hard for any team now to go back and say we won't do what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson, because as I said in one of the exchanges I was having yesterday about this, there are always bad teams. Mm-hmm. There are always te- desperate teams that players can use as leverage. You're not willing to do that? You know what's weird? The Panthers are. You're not willing to do that? You know what's weird? Washington is. You want to have no quarterback next year? It's fine. Trade me to Washington. Now be one of those bad teams. Right? And you get to go be that team moving forward. You don't willing to do that? You know what's funny? The Giants have decided they're willing to give up on Daniel Jones. They are willing to do this. The Seahawks realize they made a mistake and they want a younger, you know, like whatever it is. My gut is teams are going to have to do this now moving forward because the quarterbacks hold the league hostage. It is so simple. There was another quote, and I'm, I'm, I kind of want to try to pull it up, that Steve Bishai said about not having a quarterback. Um, Oh man, I, I got to try to find it somewhere because I it it was exactly what I have talked about in terms of where the teams are in relation to the quarterback position. Um, no, I got three different right. God, it's gonna drive me nuts because it was something about how it's not fun and it's it, you just don't. It's not something you want to do to not have a quarterback. God, there's six different write-ups, and I, I, this is on me. I'm sorry, I didn't ever prepare it. I'll come up with it at some point. 
but it's exactly what I said. These teams understand. As much as you want to say, we don't want to pay quarterbacks this money, the dirty secret is the quarterbacks are starting to figure out what their actual, their tangible value is more like 51% of the salary cap. You find it? I found it. He said, I think without a quarterback that you believe in, life sucks as an NFL owner and a fan base. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. That's the most telling thing that Steve Bashotti said. We can all not want to have to pay quarterbacks a certain percentage of the salary cap, but what is their actual value? I'm telling you, it's more like 51% of the cap because without a quarterback, you have no chance. None. Zero. You can win without certain other things. It's harder, but you can do it. With no quarterback, no chance. I'm not suggesting that suddenly you give quarterbacks 50% of your cap, but they're understanding exactly what their actual value is, and you're going to be held hostage because of it. That's the reality. Today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Always a great time to be there. 61 self-service kiosks, and they continue to offer you. You're there for the Final Four on Saturday or with Rodney Elliott and I on Monday night for the title game. You're there, and you make a $50 or more bet on any NCAA tournament game. If you are a Live Rewards member, you can register that bet to win a $500 bracket bonus, whether that bet wins or loses. Still three more games to be played in the NCAA tournament, so get the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Make your $50 or more bet. We'll be hanging out with you on Monday night uh, for the title game, and you can register that bet. If you're not signed up for Live Rewards, you can go to the window, and the friendly folks there will help get you signed up so you can register that bet. Ten Live Rewards members will win a $500 bracket bonus, even if they already won on their bet. Let's welcome back into the program uh, NFL Network analyst and the former front office executive with the New York Giants as they won a couple of Super Bowls among a few stops in his distinguished career. It's a pleasure to once again welcome Mark Ross to the program. Mark, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My pleasure. Mark, um, can you put yourself in the shoes of the Baltimore Ravens right now and and tell me what it would be like internally to be in a spot where you want to pay your quarterback, you want to keep him around, but we are to understand it's just sort of not a priority for him right now, despite the fact that he's going into the final year of his deal. <laughs> With all of my years of experience, I'd love to, to lend on this and say, well, we would do this, we would do that, but I, I've never seen this before. I mean, this is uh, un, really unprecedented for for this, you know, there's some delays here and there, weeks or months or whatever, negotiations. But uh, then again, also, he doesn't have an agent. So that also makes it a situation that has never been seen before where you're negotiating with a player. And I, I, I've said this the whole time to him about them. I just don't even know how the logistics of this works. If he's calling them, they're calling him, or they talk to his mom. I, I just don't know how it works. So that's interesting. Uh, to see how that does. And usually with negotiations, you know, if you talk to the agent, sometimes it gets a little, you know, contentious. And, uh, you, you know, you can yell, scream, say things, but, okay, you, you move on. You know, you're trying to do business. But now with a player, you know, that just adds that extra layer, layer of delicacy, the, of, like, what delicateness. They, like, wow, what, how do we approach him? And, and does he, you know, do, do we can we get a little bit 
personal with. So it just throws a whole bunch of things in the mix that are really unprecedented that I'm not sure how they're actually dealing with it. Mark, the impact of Deshaun Watson's deal, and, and Steve Bashadi spoke about this yesterday down at the owners' meeting, saying, you know, he, he damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I don't know that, that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. And then added, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play that game, you know. And, and my question, we were just talking about this a second ago, is that true? Or does one team doing it with one player make it so that now – this is going to be standard, and every Lamar Jackson, whoever it's going to be moving forward, is going to say the precedent has been set. You're going to give us a fully guaranteed contract because Deshaun Watson getting it proves that there's some team out there that would be willing to do it because they don't have a quarterback right now. Yeah, and uh, on all levels, yes, I agree with Steve Bashati saying, yes, they should not have done that, and, and it makes it harder. Uh, but yeah, for sure that they're look now each quarterback because what has happened with quarterback contracts in the past is this, okay, who's the next guy up and they get the higher contract, even if they didn't deserve it. You know, there's been quarterbacks that have been the highest paid in the league who weren't the best quarterback in the league. So now with the Deshaun guaranteed situation, the next guy up, if, if that's Lamar, someone jumps the line in front of Lamar to get their deal, it's, well, you know what? Yeah, he got it. So yeah, I, I'm going to get it too. And if there is no, well, we can't do this now because that precedent has been said. And, uh, you know, the Browns, it, it's funny. People were asking, well, why did they do that? Well, because they were out of it. Because one day they said, Deshaun said, you're you're out of the mix. The next day, all of a sudden, he signs with them. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a guaranteed contract. So I think teams will get will definitely get desperate like that, and the quarterbacks will know that that's what the new market is. And I think you will see it now, even though it might be to the detriment of the team. Mark Ross is with us, former front office executive with the Giants, now with NFL Network. Mark, what you're alluding to, I, I, this is why this is strange to me, right? I, I feel like this shouldn't be all that difficult. It seems like in the NFL you identify, do you have a quarterback or do you not? And if the answer is yes, you might not want to pay him the absurd amount of money that we're talking about, but this is just the reality. You know what the number is. I, I, I'm almost like when we talk about negotiations, I don't know what could be negotiated, right? If the Ravens walked in and said, you know, hey, look, man, you you, you kind of struggled against the blitz down the stretch last season. We're a little bit worried about that. Even if Lamar had an agent, wouldn't his agent say, cool, you want to trade us or, or or what, right? Like, doesn't the quarterback have all of the power in these conversations because the flip side argument is you don't have a quarterback and you have no chance? No question. And that's why it's been kind of why hasn't it been done already? And is it because he doesn't have an agent? I don't know. But, yeah, that's why it's been kind of flabbergasting that uh, it's taken this much time. But, yeah, the quarterback has a so what? As you mentioned, you can nitpick certain things about Lamar's game, but, all right, do you want me or not? Right. <laughs> really, that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. Do you want me? Well, sign me and, yeah. and, and get the numbers right or, or I'm walking. And that's all it is. Uh, you know, other positions, you can kind of go about that and the value of the team and all, but – it's cut and dry. When Lamar plays, you win. You got a chance to win a Super Bowl. If he doesn't, okay, now you're scrambling. So, yeah, this is really fascinating, and uh, it's I don't know when it'll end. Uh, hopefully soon for all involved because, right. you know, Lamar's looking at that number. Just just look at that number and go with it. I, boy, everybody in Baltimore is in complete agreement with you, except for maybe the talk show host, Mark, who said <laughs> it does give us something to talk about. Every of course. Day. Oh, you love it, right? Yeah, right? That is the one. Although, yeah, I assure you, I think it'd be better for business if you got something done. Does this... Does the bubble burst at any point, Mark? Is there a point at which, like, we're just watching these numbers rise exponentially? Like, it, it wasn't that long ago 
that people were almost laughing at the idea of the contract that Patrick Mahomes signed and saying, look, no, nobody else is getting that. That's only for Patrick Mahomes. Well, you know, maybe in years that's been the case, but numbers-wise, that's not been the case at all. It, does it reach a point at which, like, the league, the, the Players Association, they have to do something to say this is completely out of whack, we're going to end up robbing other players because teams are so desperate about the quarterback? Do we get to a point where something has to be done to burst the quarterback bubble, or does it just keep going? I, I said before, it, it, based on the concept of, hey, if you've got no quarterback, you have no chance, you can make a tangible argument that the quarterback is actually worth like 51% of your salary cap because you've got to have it, whereas you don't necessarily have to have something else. Exactly. You have to have a quarterback, as you mentioned, and just look at the quarterback movement the last few years. And okay, Tom Brady goes from New England, goes to Tampa, they win the Super Bowl. Patriots don't go to the playoffs. Matthew Stafford, all right, Rams can't do it. Leaves, goes, they win the Super Bowl. And then now Russell Wilson, the minute, the second, the second he signs with Denver, they're going from, oh man, if we do this and that, we're struggling. We we possibly can make the playoffs. Now they're talking, the whole organization's talking about yep. we can win the Super Bowl. So, but no, I think it'll just keep going because it's the the salary cap will keep going up and the money that NFL makes will keep going up. So they'll they'll keep uh, more money will keep getting poured into the the resources you can use on those guys. And the players' association certainly is not going to say, hey, let's take money away. Hey, you guys just better find a way to pay the other guys too. So I, I think this is just the new norm. And it'll keep going. At some point, it's going to have to drive something else down, though, right? Like, at some point, you know, we already see the Chiefs moving on from Tyree Kill. And I, yeah. It, 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 yeah, you always have to – yeah, the, the, the Bills always do. People always ask me this question, is salary cap a myth? No, it's it's real. It's just the way that those guys are able to manipulate it uh, and, and push the money forward and to, hey, the rents do the, you know, let's just push that, let's make a payment plan on that instead. Right. No, that money is due at some point. It's just the way that they move it around and some players get sacrificed. You just, you just lose track of the players that get cut because again, uh, how significant are they to the team? And when you go next year, you start winning games, you forget about you know player X that you lose, uh, or that as uh, a guy you paid a couple years ago, let's renegotiate your deal and bring that money down or let's extend another guy. So all that stuff goes into play with the salary cap. That just it makes it just moves the money around. But that money is certainly there. Mark Ross is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio from NFL Network. He will, of course be part of their draft coverage. Moving as we buy, I can't believe we're we're within a month of the NFL draft at this yeah. point. We are <laughs> we are really flying. Um, Mark, with that said, it, it's it's so unRavens like to even ask this question because it's just not how they do business. But is there an argument that away from the quarterback position? that what the Rams did makes more sense moving forward knowing the quarterback numbers are going to keep escalating, that at some point all you really can do as an organization is plan for this year and then deal with the problems when you have to deal with them. Is there an argument to me? Of course, we're so used to the Ravens being the organization that's constantly thinking moving forward, never selling out for one season, and, and, and constantly trying to make sure they have a winner that they can put on the field. But is there an argument to, hey, look, the, if the quarterback's going to take up this much of your salary cap, right, and the Rams, between the two guys, between the money they still had on Goff and Stafford, it was a, a record number percentage-wise of what quarterback took up on their cap. Is there an argument that all you really should be doing moving forward is just worrying about this season and giving yourself the best chance for it and letting whatever problems come from that come down the road and worrying about that then? There, there certainly is that argument, and especially since the last two teams that won the Super Bowl kind of pushed it all in. 
But in order to execute that plan, you have to have 100% buy-in from your owner. And uh, that's that's the deal with people. It's like the Rams didn't do this. The Bucks didn't do that in the bubble. They, their owner said, yes, this is we're, we like that. You guys go ahead and do that. The GM and the head coach, you go ahead and execute that plan. So will Steve Bishotti say, uh, you know what, Eric? Uh, yeah, let, let's do that. You know, And I just don't think uh, an organization like that or the Steelers, those sort of teams that always talk about, as you mentioned, that the plan of being good for years to come and always having a chance. I don't. I don't know if those ownerships or other owners will sign off <clears throat> on that plan and just push it all in and sacrifice it all. So, uh, it, it's the argument to be made. All right, would you rather win this Super Bowl now to take a chance on it now and win it, or have ten years of playoff wins and no Super Bowls? So, uh, that's that's a fascinating thing. But that all starts with ownership and the vision that they set and how they tell you to run the team. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see. It'd just be interesting to see if, if more teams do this and have success doing it if at some point. Again, as much credit as we give the Ravens, I want to make that very clear, they've done a remarkable job of continuing to be competitive at nearly all times, but it just might not be the best way to win specifically a Super Bowl uh, any longer. It just might be the way that it goes about yep. doing things. Mark, if I could pose this to you, I, I, we haven't had a chance to chat about it yet this morning. Um, I, I was I was relieved that uh, the the league did something about overtime, and and I'm okay with this sort of being the caveat. But now it creates this really interesting question, and you're you weren't a head coach, so I get that this isn't your decision. But as from an organizational standpoint, what would your philosophy be in a in an overtime playoff game? Now, would your philosophy be we want to still have the ball first because we have the possibility of having the ball third in the first point in overtime where a, a single score could win the game? Or would it be, no, we're better off being the team that has the ball second, letting the other team do whatever they do, knowing what we have to do, and potentially being the team that goes for two, um, say in like that shootout situation we saw with the Chiefs and the Bills in the playoffs, and ending the game on our terms which way do you think an organization would would want to go moving forward? Uh, that's a that's both. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think sure. that'll be discussed all off season. A bunch of plans that they'll have, and they'll do a whole bunch of analytics on it. Have your analytics team in on that as well. So, for me, I, I would I would rather you know let them get the ball first, and then okay, now we know what we got to do. Let, let's go for it. It just kind of uh, puts you in a different sort of mindset. Um, but you know, it'll be, it'll go bad. I'm sure you'll see teams make different decisions. I don't, I don't know if there'll be a ton of examples of it, but yeah, I think if it does happen that, um, it could go either way. I don't think there really is a great answer for that. It actually fascinates me, Mark. Like, I love the idea that there's actually strategy involved. Instead of, you know, of course we won the toss, we're taking the ball, except for Marty Morningweg once upon a time. Um, I, I love the idea that now there's some thought, there's some strategy, maybe the, you know, the weather plays a factor, you know, what kind of offense you have plays a factor. Like, I love the idea that there's actually going to have to be thought and strategy. I think that's a home run for the NFL that they end up including those things in the process. Yes, you're 100% right, man. It's it's more to it than uh, just what you see. There's a lot behind the scenes, a lot of game playing, a lot of strategizing about these, even just the most minute decisions. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's a lot, a lot that goes into it. We know it's at Mark Ross, of course, with, with, a, with a C on Twitter. At Mark Ross is how you follow him. 
Mark, where are we seeing you? What's what's your next hit on NFL Network? What can we get plugs in for? Uh, yeah, I'll be on, uh, I guess, Monday and uh, who knows what else next week. And then all, all draft week, draft days, draft nights, uh, you know, all day, all night you know, doing that draft. So it'll be a it, it'll is, be a fun week, fun weekend. You think there's any chance that we're going to end up getting good news in Baltimore and maybe like two of these quarterbacks <laughs> end up going in the top ten and pushing other players down to the Ravens at 14? Oh, yeah. You guys always get good players no matter where you draft. So you guys are good. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're 10th or 30 seconds, you guys are good. You're going to yeah, get a good play. It worked out okay at 32nd with Lamar Jackson, that's for sure. Mark <laughs> Ross, NFL Network. Appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, my friend. Let's do it sure again thing. down the road, all right? No, no question. My pleasure. That's Mark Ross checking in with us here on GCR. And look, I, you know, I think this is the reality. I think the reality is you can say that this is an anomaly with the Browns and Deshaun Watson, but I don't know that it's going to be an anomaly with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I don't know. The same way when everybody said, well, this, you know, the, the Mahomes deal stands alone. It's for Mahomes and no one else. Well, until the next quarterback says, you you want me? This is the number. You can have me, but you're having me at that number. Because they have all of the leverage. All of it. There is nothing you can do. You say, well, no, we don't want to do that. Cool. Somebody else does. Trade me to them. And, and the fact of the matter is, let's say Lamar really is just, I want to We should share. Lamar has tweeted this morning. Mm-hmm. I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. Yep. Sounds great, right? It still leaves that question. Then why isn't it done? <laughs> you don't want to go anywhere. Why aren't what, what is what are we missing? <laughs> and I'm not trying to be again, I'm not trying to be critical of Lamar, because Lamar has every right to do anything he wants to do on his terms. Mm-hmm. There is no, nobody can tell me that people say all the time, why wouldn't you leave the market? Why wouldn't you go somewhere else? Why would you do this? Why wouldn't you go to, because it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I have the right to do that. It's what I want to do for my family. I don't want to leave. I had plenty of offers when the radio station went under to go to other places in the country. And I assure you, they were lovely places. Uh, think about turning down an offer in San Diego all the time. But it was best for my family. So I'm not questioning. It's just, it's confusing. That's that's the trouble. And, and, and let's say that Lamar is trying to bet on himself, and he wants to win a Super Bowl before he, so that he can deserve that contract. When and if that happens, people that say this contract is for Patrick Mahomes alone, well, then at that point, what has Patrick Mahomes done that Lamar Jackson hasn't? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I still don't think you have to do that in order to like. I'm, right. I, I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I would retort by saying. You don't need to win a Super Bowl in order to get the contract. You're right. someone who can win a Super Bowl, and so you can get that extraordinary contract here or somewhere else. Right. We'll come back in. We'll chat with Drew Forrester next. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com today for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD Gambling help.org. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. He joins us every Wednesday here on GCR. Uh, Are you really the radio? Who the hell goes back to the radio after eight years away? Are you insane? What the hell are you doing? Well... I got nothing else going on on Sunday. Yeah, it makes it makes two of us. Right. Well, I always, you know, you still, you could still do what you do every day. I, I couldn't do it, but I could, but I could talk about golf every day. Yeah. So oh, every that's day. That's the difference between us. Like yeah. I, I yeah. just, I mean, could I go on a show? Could I do a regular? Could I do a regular sports talk show for four hours a day? Yeah. But I couldn't do it by myself because I'm just not that vested anymore. Could I sit in there and do it with you or do it with someone else and just occasionally, you know, talk about something and throw in golf stories? I could do that. But I could never do four hours by myself again or 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 two or three because I'm just not that vested in, in all of this anymore. But I could do golf. So when they came to me in January and said, would you consider doing a golf show? I'm like, uh, yeah, 
No, I, no. I figure this is basically what you would be doing from twelve to one most Sundays, anyway. You would just have a, you would have a less, don't have a, you know, I don't have a radio uh, microphone in front yeah. of me. So you know, I, I mean, of all of the things that I could be doing as it relates to media, that's the one thing that interests me the most is talking about golf. And you know, on a seasonal, when I mean seasonal, it may wind up being eventually being a January to Labor Day kind of thing, but because of the timing and the Orioles and all that stuff, they wanted to wait until after April, but um, or after March, but starting in April. But you know, I, I could do this every Sunday because I love golf. Well, these are and, all, all the majors are now in this time frame, right? The majors, right? The majors are in this time frame. Um, I do think that you know the likelihood is eventually it'll be a two-hour show, and I think the likelihood is it'll be moved to an early evening slot. But that, but that could be a year away. You know, well, um, that'd be better news for me because I'm really nervous about you being our lead in. I just got to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you know, that's what they say. The, the key to having a big show is to have the good lead in. Yeah, and you're, in you're in good shape. We are screwed. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I mean, it's golf, right? I, that's what I'd like to talk about. And um, I'll, I'll leave all the rest of the sports minutiae to you. And uh, you guys can talk about all the in depth stuff that you like to talk about. All right. So is he playing or not? Well, I would say he's got to be playing at this point. I mean, it would be unless unless something happened yesterday that you know, unless something happened to him physically where he woke up this morning and was like, "Man, I I don't know anything about his golf yesterday." So you know, there haven't been any reports about that other than there have been some rumors that people say he played, he looked great, but like, there's no. There's nothing firm, but apparently he walked all 18 holes. That's been that Bob Herrick reported that, and Bob Herrick wouldn't just say that without knowing it. He walked all 18 holes, and he walked the medalist on Saturday and Sunday, and that's for for Florida. That's a tough walk that golf course. So I would say he's got to be playing. I think just the fact that he didn't notify them earlier, right, is certainly is a feather in. His well, not a feather in his cap, but that's the good indicator that he's going to play. So I, I, at this point, I would be surprised if he doesn't play. But even if he plays, we're assuming he's he's playing this. Like if he gets through it, maybe he plays the other majors, right? Like that's that's where we are, correct? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I, I think you know he said in his press conference at the Genesis, like the days of me playing a full time schedule are probably over. He, he may just have been saying that. You never know with this dude, right? I mean, he could win this thing by four shots next week. No, like, stop, that, that, stop. Don't of course s- he could. Stop. He, you can't do that. Of course he could. God. I can't. He won the U.S. Open on a broken leg. I, but he was like 27 years old then. It was still a broken leg. I, I don't care how old you are. He's, He's like the but, greatest golfer of all time. That's I don't put fine. anything past him. It's fine. You don't really I'm believe I'm certainly not saying he's going to win, but if... if could he win next week? One hundred percent. There are fifty to one odds for him to win the Masters, and I think you're insane if you. It, it's fifty to one, and I think you're drunk if you put money on it. Well, he could definitely win, and that's for sure. Now, whether or not he can go play, I don't know much about Southern Hills, which is where the PGA is. Um, obviously, St Andrews is the flattest golf course in the world, so he could go play there. I, I think this will be a this will certainly be a telltale sign for him uh, in terms of the physicality of it. Um, I guess the good news for Tiger is he, he doesn't, 
he doesn't need, uh, under normal circumstances, and may, maybe this don't exist anymore for him, under normal circumstances, he doesn't really need to see the golf course any longer. He, he knows it. I know right. that a couple of holes right. have been lengthened over the years. Five plays much differently than it used to. Fifteen is a little longer than it used to be. Fourteen, um, fi- um, fourteen and fifteen are both longer. Eleven is longer. But as it relates to what's really important, which are the greens and the chipping areas, none of that has changed. So the good news for him is if he's healthy, he, he could just play nine holes Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and and be fine. He doesn't need, um, who am I thinking of that would be a first-timer or second-timer? Like, Will Zalatoris needs to go over there and see the place as much as he possibly can for three days. Tiger doesn't need that. So, you know, that's a benefit to him. He can play nine holes Monday, relax. Play nine holes Tuesday, relax. Play the par three if he wants on Wednesday. He doesn't need to see the golf course. So, Physically, if he's able to walk it, he, his preparation is pretty much done. And I think yesterday was just a chance for him to test it out, see if see if he's able to walk it. Um, and I think the fact that he played the medalist Saturday and Sunday and walked there and brought Lakava in is, to me, I, I kind of when I saw that Saturday and Sunday, I'm like, oh, he's playing. He, he wouldn't bring LaCava in and go through that over two days, Saturday and Sunday, if he wasn't playing. How's he going to win when you already told me that Victor Hovland's winning? How, That's correct. How's that, how's that going to be? How, it doesn't, it I doesn't. didn't say Tiger is going to win. I oh, merely he said could. he could win, he and it wouldn't but if, surprise me. But if you me. know who's winning and it's not him, then he can't win, Drew. I don't know if well, you, yeah, you told me that Victor Hovland's winning the Masters. Tiger could win at any tournament he plays. <laughs> Hey, hey, Drew, I got a quick question for you. You and Andrew both said that you think Victor Hovland is going to win the Masters this year. Which is bad news for you, pal. I'm sorry. It might be the way that proves you wrong. Uh, I feel like Cam Smith has been playing incredible golf recently. Is there something about his game that doesn't play well at Augusta, or you just think Victor Hovland is just ready for that that moment? No, I like Cam Smith. I think Cam Smith's got a great chance. He'll be, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but I've got seven guys left on my top 10 and he's going to be in there. Um, you know, he's played very, very well this year. The the thing about Augusta is over the years, it, the, the methodology, if you will, of who's going to win has changed. It used to be, you had to be a great putter. Only the, only the best putters win there. Guys that can't putt don't have a chance. And it's really, it's changed a lot over the years. It's become far more of a ball strikers golf course the putting and chipping has, I don't want to say it's greatly diminished, but Garcia, not a good putter. He won there. Um, Matsuyama, obviously, um, under the gun has been a, a not, I don't know, you know, all these guys are great. He has not been a great short game player in his career. Uh, he won there last year. Dustin Johnson has never really been considered a great putter. He's been considered a great driver of the golf ball. Never been considered a great putter. He won there. Um, Danny Willett won there. Uh, Adam Scott won there. So over the years, putting has not become as important. So I, I look at somebody like Cam Smith, who has historically not been considered a great putter, but has putted well this year. And he is a he, he he's a great fit for that golf course. So I would not be at all surprised to see him hanging around. It has not, other than 
Yeah, I mean, Norman played the golf course well, never won it. Adam Scott obviously um, won it. Hasn't That place has not necessarily been great for um, this generation of Australian players, uh, whereas it's been very, very good for the South Africans. But I think Cam Smith is a, is a, I think he's got a legit shot for sure. Okay, right, that's enough of that. We 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 we've covered that as far as we can cover. Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish dot com, with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. So uh, Deshaun Watson gets a fully guaranteed contract from the Cleveland Browns, which of course we all have our qualms about, and and it's insane. But the reality moving forward is this is what quarterbacks are going to want now. You have balked at the idea of even paying big money, more or less fully guaranteed contracts. Are are you continuing to be of the opinion that when Lamar Jackson says, this is the precedent now, you're going to have to give me a fully guaranteed contract, you say, I'm sorry, we're going to have to move you, we're going to do something else? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> I keep I always answer every quarterback question with, I don't know, because it there doesn't seem to be any end in sight for how much leverage they've been getting. I mean, it's incredible, right? I mean, this guy, this dude hadn't even played in a year. He's, I always say, like, he's never won anything. He, he's won some games in the NFL, but he, he's never won anything. And they're going to give him $230 million, all of it in his hand, and he's never done anything. So what, what does that make? You know, I guess Lamar has it either, right? I don't put much of, I couldn't care less about the MVP stuff. So when people start going, oh, you won the MVP, who cares? But, well, but these guys. I, you're saying, again, your standard is either you win a Super Bowl or you don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, but, you know, I would look at somebody like Josh Allen and I say, he, he hasn't even been to one yet. No. But I guess I hold him in somewhat of a little bit higher regard. The reality is he hasn't won one yet either, yep. right? Yep. And that's always been the debate about Eli Manning. Well, Eli Manning won two. He, that's correct. There were also other games you had to win along the way to get there, too, right? You know, in terms of the playoffs. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think Lamar, if you said to me, which one of these two guys you want to quarterback your team, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson, I would say Lamar every day. Every day. I would never take Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. But... I mean, if you're Lamar now, this is you say. This well, is the, how about how's two hundred thirty-one million? Yeah, we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't starting at a little smaller number. That's for sure. Right. We ain't starting at less. You and know. you know, I, I guess this is the this is the this is the debate about quarterbacks in the league that much smarter people with much more invested in it are probably debating all the time. Do you? stand a better uh, what's the what's the validity of the argument that you've got to win with one of these guys in their first five years other than the, the ones who are slam dunk hall of fame you know once a generation guys like Brady and Manning and, and Rogers who by the way is only won one time but you know and Bree's only won one right yep but do you do you say if you're the Ravens, we we had this guy for five years, we had him at a bargain rate, we didn't win, let's just go back into the hopper and try it again. Or do you give him 250 or $300 million and hope you win one or two in the next six years? 
And I think that, to me, that's that's the boardroom question that they sit around and talk about. I, I, like, philosophically, which of these two positions do we identify with? Do we believe that there's validity in, if you don't win with these guys in their first five years, just let them roll on somewhere else and start over? You did it once, right? I mean, you you did it already. You you took Flacco in the first round. Within five years, you you benefited. You took Lamar in the first in the first round. Within five years, you, well, within four years, you did okay. You didn't win a Super Bowl, but you still got one year left. But do is that the boardroom question that they sit around and ponder? I, I don't know, but I think from. Because there's a cap, I think if this were baseball, this wouldn't even be an argument. Well, but because were, there's a salary baseball, cap, the number would be five hundred million dollars. Yeah, right, right, I mean, right. Like, but because there's a salary cap, it it certainly is worth asking: Do we let this thing play out five years? And if we don't win, do we just let him roll and do we try it again? And um, I, I I don't know that I, I don't even know if I have an answer, and I don't know that I care enough to like sit down and sweat over it, but I think it's a legitimate question. I, I understand what you're saying, and, and you know how I felt about this all along, and, and I think that Steve Bichotti... I, mean, I would rather have him than not have him, 100%. The, 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 Steve Bichotti saying, when you don't have a quarterback, life sucks, is this inter- entirely, not only the way that I would operate, but clearly the way the league is operating, right? The Cleveland Browns bent over, literally sold their souls for Deshaun Watson because they have zero chance otherwise, right? Like, they have no hope as an organization without that quarterback. I... But here's the interesting thing about the Browns. If they, if they, and I assume they are, if, if they've decided the Baker Mayfield era is over after four, four years, mm-hmm. if they've decided uh, it's is, over. Is it four or is it five? Actually, no, it's four. Right? Is it four? Yeah, this is his fifth year coming up. Yeah, yeah, correct. That's right. Right? Yes. If they've decided it's over, why wouldn't they just go back into the hopper to try to get another quarterback like him? Why would you give this dude $230 million of guaranteed money? Because you'd know that you could end up getting Tim Couch, and you can end up getting Brandon Whedon, and you can end up getting... Like, this is overwhelmingly... Well, well, you got to draft better. Well, I understand that, but the percentages, the simple percentages say... There are far more misses on drafted quarterbacks than there are hits. There are plenty of hits, but in any given year, I mean, look at the, you can end up with Sam Darnold. You can end up with Daniel Jones. You can end up with insert name here. There are more misses on drafted quarterbacks than hits. So if it's this is the number to get a real quarterback versus the chance that maybe you end up with a real quarterback, I, I mean, I don't know how it's much of a question at that point. Right. Well, maybe not. I mean, I, I, but I think that that's what they're, I, I think it's pretty clear by the Ravens commentary that now I think it's pretty clear. This is all on Lamar, unless the Ravens are just flat well, out or they're lying. playing poker, right? Or they're, or they're, if they're lying well, I think to appease is... the fan base, then okay. But I think it's pretty evident that Lamar at this stage, Lamar is rolling the dice a little bit and saying, and, and I think Steve said something which is really interesting. I think Steve said uh, it isn't really even that important to Lamar. And, like, maybe it isn't. Right. I mean, yes. it's, where does that sound? Oh, it's possible. Hey, right. Lamar, you can get, why don't you come in and sign right now for $250 million? I, I'm good. I'm going to make $23 million this year. It's more than I'll ever be able to spend in my life anyway. 
I'm good. Like, maybe it isn't that important to him, which sounds bizarre. Right. But maybe that's the truth. And so maybe this is, maybe the Ravens aren't lying. And maybe, and they've done a good job this last week or so of making sure the fans know, and Glenn Clark knows, and people know, we want him. We we want to pay him. He, he, you, but I can't dance if you're not coming to the dance with me. Right, like, right. So, so I just wonder if, and this is, Lamar's not, and I'm not, when I say what I'm about to say, by no means do I tell you, am I going to say he's going to play himself out of a job. But if Lamar rolls the dice and doesn't have a good 2022, he, he might, air quotes, only be a $25 million quarterback. Right? Like, this yeah. is on him now. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's very interesting that he's, that, and, and I would love to know internally what the, what the Players Association is saying to him. Because I gotta believe they're saying to him, "Dude, go get fifty-two million dollars a year from those guys today." Right. Said now. Right now. Yeah. Take every because penny. when you do that, Justin Herbert's going to get sixty million. Yep. yep. And when Herbert gets yeah. sixty, Joe Burrow's going to get a hundred. Right. Correct. Yeah. So you know, and and I, I, I've, I, like I've said, I've said this for the last two months. There, there are not a lot of things in sports that fascinate me anymore. This is a very fascinating story. Very fascinating it, because you have a franchise that historically has been, you know, quarterback deprived, and you have a kid who um, is—I don't even know what you call this kind of wealth. This is beyond generational wealth, right? You have a kid that could walk in there today and say, "Bear with me, just give me two hundred million. Right. I'm good." Right, and the Ravens would say. Come right here. Sign. See this piece of paper. Sign that right yeah, now. Yeah. Here's the two hundred million. Yeah, you got it. Like two hundred million, and he's not doing it. So it's fascinating, and it's a it's a roll of the dice from an injury standpoint. It's a roll. Of, there are so many ways that it's the roll of the dice, and yet dot dot dot. He's already made whatever it is twenty million playing football, and he's going to make twenty three million more this year, and so in the end, he might just say. Uh, whatever happens, happens. I'm set. I got my mom a house. I- I'm good. Like, I think he's become a very fascinating person as well. Oh, I, I don't know him I, at yeah, all. I agree right? with that. But, I do. I think he is extraordinarily interesting, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I would agree. Like, this this story of, and, and I'm, when I say what I'm about to say, and I'm not trying to draw a make this into a racial discussion. But the story of a of a young African American athlete who is seemingly um playing the game much differently than he's probably being advised mm-hmm. is really interesting to me. Most of the time he would have some highfalutin th- group of three attorneys with their three thousand dollar suits on, all licking their chops, right? Um, looking to get their 3.7%, um, sign this $300 million deal, right? You know, sign, sign it today. And he's eschewed all of that wisdom and said, I, I'm good with this. I got this figured out myself. I, I think that's really extraordinary. I don't, in dis- this, I don't disagree. In this, in this generation of athletics where everything is boardroom, here's what you got to do now. You 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 got to sign this contract, and then we're going to get you in with Mastercard, and then what you're going to do, you know, like it's all planned out for you, right? 
it, it's pretty extraordinary that he says, I, I got, I'm good with this. I got it handled. And you can imagine Eric calling him and saying, Lamar, I, I got this deal ready. It's $325 million. Come on in. And him saying, yeah, I'm good. You mean you don't like 325? No, no, no. 325 is perfect, but I'm not ready yet. It, it, it's interesting to me to to an end, right? Like, I, and I keep coming back to to that, Drew. I I think there has to be an end to it. Like, we we're watching people praise him. Well, look, he didn't take a deal, and now look at how big. Well, at some point, you got to get a deal, or else there's no. If if something terrible happens, and again, knock on every piece of wood, and never get a deal out of this, then all that praise is for naught. Like the idea, of guaranteed money is guaranteed money, and I think there's a second side to it that we don't want to talk about yet, which is the idea that all of these guys know just how much leverage they have, and that when we say, well, he doesn't want to sign for now because the numbers could escalate. And I say, right, and he can go back and say the numbers have escalated. You've got to give me another deal. You've got to rip up that deal. I think the side of this that we're missing is that the quarterback position can absolutely end up becoming like the NBA in the coming years, where all of these guys say, wherever the numbers go, that's where I'm going, or you're trading me to somebody that's willing to go there. That they constantly hold you hostage to make sure they're getting paid the top dollar. I don't think this is, and an, I don't know, maybe in two years we'll find out that I'm wrong, but I don't think this is adversarial. And in fact, I think I think when Steve calls Eric and says, what's going on with Lamar, Eric probably says, John, uh, Steve, I got no idea. This, this, kid's, in, this kid's insane. Like, I, I got the contract here. It's all ready. He, he doesn't want to come in and do it. Like, yeah, I can't I, make him do it. Right, that's the like, only I don't think be- it's adversarial. I think it's, <clears throat> I think the Ravens are kind of mystified by it. And he isn't saying anything either, right? So it's not like he's playing the game publicly. Right. And I just feel like he, and I think Steve led on a little with his comments when he said he he maybe, and, and again, this is Steve saying this, this is not Drew saying it, Steve saying that maybe he's almost ashamed of collecting that much having done nothing. Now that's what Steve said. You know, that Steve feels like Lamar he's, wants he's, to he's, win. He's not worthy, right. Yeah, like, that, I, that was his comment, right, that Lamar feels like he's not worthy. And if that were true, and again, I, maybe Steve bumped into him somewhere and said, dude, come sign this $300 million contract. And Lamar might have said, boss, I'm not, I'm not taking that money from you. I haven't, I haven't won you a Super Bowl yet. That could be, I could hear Lamar saying that. I, I, like, could, I, I, I could. I could 100% hear Lamar saying that, despite the fact that the Players Association would say, yeah, what you get exactly? your ass in yeah, there yeah. and sign it. Right. I can hear Lamar say, I told him I was going to win them a Super Bowl. There is still a part of this. The, the, the one place where there's still gray area is the Ravens can keep saying, hey, we want to pay him. We're trying to pay him. We're going to pay him, all those things. The only report we had, and you can t- say whatever you want to say about it, but the only report we had about an actual number was the one from Lock and Four that said $35 million. So there is gray area that well, can he be would had here. That. And that's the point. The point being, the, the Ravens right. could publicly say, without Lamar combating it in any way, with him having no public conversation, other than today going on Twitter and saying, you know, I, I stop it, I want to be a Raven, all that sort of stuff. With with there being no response, no agent to 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 push out information, the Ravens can say we're trying to pay him. When the truth is, but they're not actually trying to pay him what we now know is market value for the quarterback at this point, right? Like they could still be saying, look, we want to pay the guy. 
He doesn't want to talk to us. Well, if what you offered was $35 million... Yeah, no wonder. Of course. Right. You know what I mean? Right, of course right, he's right. not going to want to talk to you. That's Kirk Cousins' money at this point. Right. That's not Lamar Jackson money. It doesn't work that way. So right. we still need to get some clarification about that before I go fully on this is all on Lamar, which is, of course, what the Ravens are presenting. And you know, I have no reason to doubt them. But the one actual report we have... And I get that the follow-up from a lot of people was, well, that's how you start conversations. That, but that's not a final number. But look, you know, I could certainly see his team saying, look, man, talk to us when you're ready to actually pay the number. Like, you know, you when you want to make the real offer, call us. If you're trying to get us to come to t- – we're not doing any of that. You know what the number is. Call us when you're ready to call to do it. In the meantime, we'll just – business as usual up to that point. I still – if that's the case – I still don't understand why he wouldn't demand a trade and say, look, somebody's willing to pay me that number, get me to that team. Um, but, you know, th- there are, there is still gray area in here that we've got to get um, kind of sorted out before I fully know what's going on. I don't think the Ray, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I know Eric, I'm, you know, I'm not like Eric's best friend, but I've known Eric for a long time. I, I don't think Eric would lie to the media. I think Eric would would say nothing before he would lie. I don't feel like the Ravens have ever, I mean, John, you and I would always used to joke around about being able to read John's body language. John, John would have to stand up there and fib occasionally because it, there were times when, from a competitive standpoint, you had to fib. But I don't think the Ravens have ever been really a dishonest organization. Yeah, um, I don't know. The, 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 the Ray Rice thing would be the one that time. Was, that was bad. That people... And then even, even from a football standpoint, when they walked up there at the end of year press conference and said, we got bigger fish to fry than a quarterback, and they drafted Lamar Jackson like that, that really, that was that one to me was a tough one because that was the first okay. time I thought Steve Bishotti ever openly, getting the, the backstory on what was going on at that point, he was, oh, and I get it. But again, has, you could make the argument that that was a competitive. I understand, but you it, could make the argument that they weren't. Yep, they didn't they, want they, people they to know that they were in on we, quarterbacks. They wanted right. to present the best opportunity for them to be able to get. I understand all of that, but I would still have to say publicly, he openly lied about what the situation was, and I do have to, I have to file that away when we talk about any of these things, right? But like, I don't think in this case there would be any benefit at all to Eric lying and creating a, a some sort of firestorm with Lamar. Well, I mean, I, that, I don't, there was I don't no think benefit so. there. Yeah, I don't, to I don't think so. To, to, there's no benefit to the Ravens. Um, in my mind, I, I you know, because he's going to be their quarterback this year. I I think you're right about that, right? <laughs> I think I think you're right about that, but I I do still think there's room in there for there to be. For, for us to find out the truth. It's like when we all harp on Lock and Four about his report about John Harbaugh losing his job, and we dismiss the fact that like we all remember what that season was like at the point at which that report came out. And we, we, we there's context that can be in there. I think there's room for context of, let's say they like Lamar, but they want him at their number. They're definitely not going to come out and say, well, we're not willing to pay him X amount of dollars, you know what I mean? Like well, they, if they trade him for Daniel Jones, they get to play each other this year. There you go. They got, they got, they got that going for them. We'll That'd play. be pretty cool, Let's play. right? Yeah, sure. Let's play. Would you rather Wednesday? No. Okay. No. Would you rather Wednesday? Brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, final two days for you to uh, try the St. Patrick's menu today, tomorrow. Then by the way, I'm going forever. there for lunch in about twenty minutes. What are you getting? What's your plan? I don't know. I got a cold, so I'll probably get some soup. How old are you, man? Like, I know we make jokes, but you have talked about soup so many times now recently. Well, I love starting, soup. Starting to have some questions. I could live on soup and those peanut butter and jelly 
sandwiches you get at the at the store. <laughs> I don't know. Pre-made. I don't know if you're sick. Oh, the what the Uncrustables. Uncrustables. There's a yeah. I don't know if you're sixty Dude, or you're those six. Those are so good. It's insane. And the Nutella ones are really good too. I could eat. Uh, oh, they're so good. Anyway, um, go ahead. Um, I went. Uh, I went last Thursday for uh, some basketball viewing. I decided I wanted to partner my night with Little Glory Days Grill. We got the the Guinness thigh wings. Got the uh, the oh my god I love the grilled onion and blue cheeseburger it's a win and a half glorydaysgrill.com is the website and again go try the uh, the Reuben the Rachel the uh, the shepherd's pie with the Guinness braised beef but you have only until tomorrow to take advantage of the St Patrick's menu all right uh, would you rather number one uh, the Ravens indeed add Bobby Wagner and that's how they wrap up free agency or they add Odell Beckham and J C Treader. Huh. Um, I'll take the I'll take the Beckham one. Really? Yeah. Why? We need somebody to throw the ball to. I mean, so are you down on Rashad Bateman? Are you down on like? I mean, no, no, no. We just need we need more people. More. Give us more pass catchers. That's interesting. All right, that's interesting. I will listen to that. We'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Number two, would you rather? There's a Freaky Friday like situation. And you switch bodies and lives moving forward. So none of the past, but everything from this day forward for the next 10 years until it can be fixed. You have to switch with Will Smith or with Chris Rock for the next 10 years. Man, that was so insane. I don't know. What happened? What, what are you talking about? It was, it was so crazy. What? Wait, the grown-ups too? I mean, it kind of sucked if you ask me. But I don't even know the answer to this. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this is a dumb question. Neither. Oh, no. Terrible. No, you have. This is the game, Drew. You have to answer one or the other. I'll, I'll, I'll be Will Smith. Okay. Why? I'll parlay this into a. I'll parlay this into something. I don't know okay. what yet. Okay. But I, I will. You I'll get a, a. I'll get an endorsement deal you'll, somehow. You'll do a big sit down with Barbara Walters and something. Is Barbara Walters? Well, you know that's, that's a good question. Is Barbara Walters still alive? No, yes. she's been dead fifteen I years. I think she's still alive. She has not been dead. I for think 15 she's still years. alive. I think you're wrong about this. I think I might have just crapped thing. you. Hang on a second, Barbara. Barbara Walters, Walters has been dead since like 2005. Barbara she's Walters still alive. is she's very much alive. <laughs> I don't think oh, she's going to do any Her career's been dead Yeah, I don't think she's going to do any interviews. Well, that's what I meant. Barbara Walters is still with us. At the okay. End, Good for her. age of 92. Keep on fighting. And uh, number three, would you rather uh, the Orioles change their mind, surprise everyone, and say, nope, we're putting D.L. Hall in our opening day rotation? Or, no, as, as much as that might give us a little bit of excitement, it's still a bad idea. Oh, I, you know what I'm going to say to that. Bring them all up and let them play. I'm, I mean, bring them all up. Give them some experience. Let them go to Fenway and Yankee Stadium. And the quicker you get that started, the better. Bring all them right. up. All right. Bring hey, them all I, up. I mean, it, what could go wrong? It worked out really well for Hayden Penn, obviously. It worked you'll, out you'll, tremendously you'll, well with that. Uh, come October. Come October, yeah, I, you'll be singing I'll, a different I'll tune, see. buddy. I'll see. Uh, when I'll I'm see. when I'm at the ballpark and you're texting me going, okay. how'd you get those seats? <laughs> what are you doing at the ballpark? Why would you do at the ballpark? And I'm going to say, I'm watching playoff baseball. That's what I'm doing. Oh, well, you're going. I see. I understand now. You're going to New York. It makes more sense. No, no, no. I'm going to Baltimore. 
At It's a Hooded Four Iron on Twitter is how you follow him. Drewsmorningdish.com. And, and what, it's Fairways and, and, and Greens. Fairways and Greens. Fairways, yes, sir. Fairways and Greens starting April 10th at noon. Please listen, but especially be listening as the show ends and, and then the next show that comes on after that. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk right, to you next week. See you week. guys soon. See you, right. pal. Drew Forrester, Drewsmorningdish.com. Checking in with us here on GCR. All right, would you rather, number one, would you rather Bobby Wagner or Odell Beckham and J.C. Treader? Didn't Odell just tear his ACL in the Super Bowl? Uh, he did. Yeah, Bobby Wagner. A, I, th- I like the Ravens' past catchers. I, catchers, I want to see them get Duvernay and Perche more involved. Um, B, he just tore his ACL. C, I think that they have in-house candidates can do just as good a, a job as J.C. Treader at this point. So give me I wanna a— make, I want to make sure we got the injury right just before I— just want to make sure. Just want to make sure that we actually got the... Because I know it was a knee injury. I'm not sure with certainty. I think they said it was... They originally said it was a torn ACL. Yeah, you know, I, I'm good with that. I'm yeah. good with just sticking with torn ACL. Yeah, he um he he might not be ready till November, December at the earliest. This happened in Febu- yeah, mid-February. I'm, I'm going to push back on that. That's not... That's not... Just, just not the timeline anymore. Like it, I'm not it's, about, it's about nine months, right? It, it had been, but we're just seeing guys who are pushing that. Yeah, who are who are pushing that, but that doesn't mean he's a hundred percent. I understand that. I, well, I mean, but that, some of that doesn't matter. Some of it, that doesn't. For, for me, it's Bobby Wagner. You, you got to get this defense back to an elite level. It's Bobby Wagner. All right, all right. Uh, the kind of all over the place. Cy Odell and JC. I don't really care that much about Treader, but I really want Odell. Uh, KZ, I think I would take Wagner. Treader would be nice, but there is something else going on there. Odell just stunts Grote from the wide wide receivers and is hurt. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people have brought up the like, what's why is JC Treader not signed? What do we not know? I don't think it's impossible that he's being blackballed. I don't think that's impossible at all. We all know that JC Treader was quite vocal. Um, around the last CBA as the leader of the Players Union. And we saw this with Dominique Foxworth once upon a time, who, again, I get, had been dealing with injuries. But that teams, there are there's a smaller number of teams or there's an amount of collusion that ends up being involved where you say, nah, we don't want you. We want a center. We don't want you. And I don't know that, and I'm not telling you that's what's going on, but I think dismissing it spits in the face of what we've frankly known to be true over the years about the guys who are the most upfront in negotiations during a CBA. I hope it's not the case. It certainly makes me question if it's not what it would be, but I don't know of anything that would scare me off of J.C. Treader. Again, I have no problem with saying talk about the, talking about the Odell Beckham side of things or just wanting Bobby Wagner more, but that... That, to me, is too realistic for me to be dismissive of it. From uh, Lech, uh, Wagner easily, plus I take Harbaugh's word for it when he says he doesn't see a signing a center. The middle of our defense needs stability and leadership. From Paul in Ovilando, I'll take Wagner. I think his presence in the middle of the defense would have a bigger impact on the team than the other two, especially with McCary an option at center. From Proctor, I'll take Treader for the O-line help. OBJ looked pretty good at the end of the season, so it would give us a strong receiving core. Wagner was tempting. 
And from Dave, Dave says, despite Beckham's injury, I still think that adding one more pass catcher and maybe even somebody that would benefit from the fact that he wasn't out there at the beginning of the season and has less wear and tear as the year goes on. We saw how good he was in the postseason. Maybe someone who sits out a while to start the season would be even fresher for a postseason run. I think Beckham could be a game changer. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to that. Number two, Freaky Friday. What was the Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman movie? What was that the one? The Change Up. The Change Up, where they were peeing into the fountain at yep. the same time, and that apparently made them switch. We're doing the Freaky Friday Change Up situation. You're now Will Smith, or you're now Chris Rock for the next 10 years. But you said nothing about their... The you do not get to go back and live, you know, like, you, you they still, everything you, that happened to them still happened. Okay, so you still but have all you, the money and like, the fame. When, a lot of times when we do these things, is like, would you rather switch places? Like, somebody's like, well, then I get to have experienced uh, the phenomenon that was. No, you, you, your soul did not experience any of that. You will not know what it was like to have been... Chris Rock at the height of his career, Will Smith at the height of his career. You will not know those things. You only know moving forward, living as that person. I'm going to choose Chris Rock. Okay. Um, I think Will Smith, just the last year of his life, I feel like it doesn't look good for you, him. You, you you have harped on like the fact that, that Jada Pinkett had uh, sex with another individual again, reminding. Yes, but not like, not just that. He but then, did but then, too. Yeah, but then he had to sit. I mean, the man was crying on national TV. He had to sit there oh, and listen to his wife explain why he why he failed her so much that she had to go sleep with uh, that that Augustine guy. Right. That uh, the, his kids are super weird. Uh, and Chris Rock. Well, I don't know what Chris Rock's kids are like. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I don't you. know if he has. I do. Kids. I no, I do. And I famously remember him doing the Daily Show once, and John Stewart asking about his kids, and he being like, "I don't understand them at all. They're rich. We got nothing in common." I was like, "It's a pretty good line. That's a pretty good line." Chris Rock is Chris Rock. I mean, he maybe he's not as funny as he used to be, but he still gets. He to certainly live wasn't with, on Sunday night. Yeah, he st- still gets to live with all of his money, and he gets to be known as a guy who took a hit to the face from Will Smith. So I'm not really sure how much that helps. Yeah, he's, he's Will Smith, you know. I I am struggling, and this is why I it's did hard. It this way. It, I am struggling with this one, and and I, we are getting a fair amount both ways. Um, uh, KZ says Chris Rock seems like less baggage. That's mm, exactly my point. Okay, yeah. I, you know I I hear you. Paul and Ovilando, I'll take Will Smith. I don't feel like hanging out with Adam Sandler and the o- other over-the-hill comedians on the set of the inevitable Grown Ups three and Grown Ups four sequels that will be straight to Netflix. There's nothing wrong with straight to Netflix. Uh, that part I agree with. There's a lot wrong with Grown Ups 3 and Grown Ups 4 because there was a ton. Them? You just know at some point there's going to be, hey, we'll give you a couple bucks. You want to come do it? Yeah, all right, fine. We'll come do it. Um, you just know that's going to end up. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Cordell, oh, my buddy uh, Cordell Woodland from uh, 105.7. Give me Chris. He's going on tour, so at least I'd be able to make endless jokes about Will Smith now. I got a funny feeling. I got a funny feeling. He's you're going to be disappointed by that. That he doesn't really want to drag this out any longer. Yeah. Like, he might talk about it once and then maybe do a special, talk about it, and then I think he's going to want this to go away at some point. I, I think all that. parties involved aren't really going to want this to be because there is still the side of it where, like, he did make fun of someone who was going through a health issue. And while... We can all say, hey, look, it was tame. It wasn't that big of a deal. And we all know Will Smith overreacted to it. Like, whatever you feel, defending your wife, you can't slap somebody on. Like, you just can't do that. 
there is still a Chris Rock side of it, and I just don't think he's going to want to keep living that for a long time. You may be right. I think you're going to be disappointed. Like, a lot of people are buying, like, we've seen, like, his, his, the secondary market tickets for his tour are blowing up, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to end up being a little bit disappointed. I'm not saying he won't reference it. I'm not saying it won't, but I think you're going to be disappointed by what you're going to end up getting out of it because I don't think he really wants – Chris Rock is an A-level celebrity that wants to make sure he's invited to all of the big parties and wants to make sure he can const- he can get that grown-ups three money and all of those things. I don't think he wants to cause that many ripples. It's part of the reason why, frankly, I don't think he's quite as funny any longer is because it's important to him to be famous. And I get it. Hey, man, I ain't knocking anybody. If I was making a boatload of money, I'd, I'd probably want to protect that too. Yep. I just have a funny feeling that we're going to end up being a bit disappointed by what we get from that. Uh, Proctor, give me Chris Rock. He's not married, although Carmen uh, Jogo is lovely. I, I guess that's his partner. And a comedy legend. Will had to go from laughing at a low-hanging joke to physical assault on a look from his wife, I'll pass. Yeah, that's another point of it. From Derek. Derek says, Glenn, we're overthinking this. At the end of the day, that's still Will Smith. He is still one of the biggest Hollywood stars of all time, and his body count is still quite impressive. I'm going to take that moving forward. People will forget that. about that. I've been, but is there any reason for us to think it's changing? Yeah. I mean, like, is there any reason for us to think that they've, they're no longer doing those things within their relationship? Uh, have, do we have any reason to believe that? At some point, age catches up with you. Does Will Smith look like somebody who age is caught up to? Does Jada look like somebody the age is caught up to? Yeah. Man, have you seen them? They look like they're in their young 30s. Uh, okay. They do. They look great. She looks better than he does. Um, I don't know, bro. I mean, like, he didn't Will, look great in King Richard because he was playing Richard well, Williams, right, but, but he looks, but, but, but Will he Smith looks like is, Will Smith. Will Smith is kind of going that Chris Tucker route where you can kind of tell that he's... I, I don't. I don't think Will Smith is is struggling in the department of. He's Will Smith. He's bro. still a good looking guy, and, and he's still Will Smith. Yeah. And, and, I yeah. don't think he's having any problem whatsoever. If they're still doing that, I don't think Will Smith has any issue whatsoever. Probably not. And we are to understand, Margot Robbie. Yeah, but that was like ten years ago. I, if that's if that's where you are, ten years removed from Margot Robbie is is. Pretty freaking good, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that he's pulling Margot Robbie now. I'm not saying. Again, I'm trying to be very careful about this. I don't want to treat women as objects or anything along those lines. God, all right, let me clean this up a little bit. I just think he's doing fine. I think he's doing fine. Probably. I think, and by the way, I think Jada would do fine as well. She's gorgeous. I think they're both doing quite fine in whatever department it is they're trying to work on. Uh, and quickly, number three, DL Hall. Uh, I, I know that for me, the caveat is health. Because honestly, I think he's a big league pitcher right now, and I think the only reason that he was re- that he was reassigned and being held back at spring at spring training is and, and because he only threw thirty. Answer the question. Year. Answer the question. <sighs> Give me Dia Hall now. I think he okay. can, I think he can get big league hitters out right now. Okay. Uh, I probably line back up with no that we need to you need to take your medicine a little bit and make sure he's ready ready. I probably go back to that and like I, I I've said before if somebody is really shelled by bad outings when they get caught up, then it might be that mentally they're just not, they're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. But I still think that there's a process and you need to go through the process and you need to be prepared for it. And there's just not a lot to be gained from it. I don't think D.L. Hall's arrival changes. Again, if the Orioles were good, different conversation. I look at a tweet that he put out a couple of weeks ago where he said, I'm going to be one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm, And and I think his confidence is through the roof. I think he can get big league hitters out today. He might be able to, but I I just don't know what you're gaining. I don't know what you're gaining. That's evaluation. It's knowing what holes you need to fill next year because next year I think they will spend in the offseason. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I don't think I know that. 
All right, continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We will share them as the day goes on. The uh, Baltimore Police Department are looking for a few folks. You, you know, a lot of you say things, but are you ready to step up? Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. We'll come back in. Our buddy Greg Rosenthal, NFL.com, NFL Network, and Courts of Thunder joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport. And why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. 
It's Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, if you were hoping that Arden Key was going to be part of the solution for the Baltimore Ravens, that will not be the case. He is headed to Jacksonville instead. Of course, uh, one of the players the Ravens have brought in for a visit in the uh, the sort of second phase of free agency, but he will not become a Baltimore Raven. It is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Of course, you know how much I love our next guest, one of my buddies. We spend uh, most nights during tennis tournaments texting back and forth with each other, and we do a little podcast. You might have heard of it. It's called Courts of Thunder. It's, you know, it's only one of the biggest podcasts in all of the Dominican Republic and Serbia. Don't know if you're aware. And I hear he's on some other show around, I don't remember what it's called. It's not as big. It's not as important. But he's Greg Rosenthal, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good. We will we will bludgeon your listeners into caring a little bit about tennis. We will, you know, eventually. We yeah. will we will break it down. We will continue to work our way through it. But there's a reason why we both do a separate tennis podcast <laughs> instead of continuing to try to force our way through in our own areas. Um, I, we'll get to. I want to talk about Miami. I want to talk about Nick Kyrgios. There's things I want to discuss. But you disagreed with something that I said on Twitter yesterday. So let's talk yeah. about it. Please. I mean, this is a Lamar Jackson town, a Lamar Jackson show. I feel like that's more important than the Miami Open. One thousand percent. That's the way we do things around here. My point, right, related to Lamar Jackson is we can keep bending and twisting. And at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson has every right to do whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do in this process, he can do it. And we can keep trying to bend and twist, but ultimately we can't make this make sense. There is, at, at the end of this, he is trading off guaranteed money. And we can say, hey, he could be chasing more money, and he could have gotten let. But the other side of it nobody wants to talk about is that Deshaun Watson just got another contract that he did not need. And quarterbacks can do this forever. The thing where we keep saying, well, if you sign too early, somebody else might get more money. Well, we now know all of these quarterbacks can hold their teams hostage. And they can go back and say, hey, I signed for 45, but the market has blown up. Joe Burrow just got 70. you got to get me there or else you're going to have to trade me. Um, I, I'm out on the idea that it makes sense to keep waiting because you can always do another deal wherever the market ends up going if you continue to be that caliber of quarterback. Look at you already arguing you know, my point before I even try to make it. That's, that's clever. That's why it's mm. your show. Mm. I was doing your host. Your host. Uh, I, I hear all that. Obviously, Lamar Jackson can make a ridiculous amount of money that will, you know, change his life and his family's life forever now at any point that's the security that's why so many quarterbacks have taken these deals that's why in almost any situation um if he was my brother or friend i'd probably say yeah do that take that money now take the security i just wonder if the goal is different for him if his goal is to maximize uh, the amount of money that quarterbacks can make in the NFL and have the most amount of power and really reset and try to, in a way, get the closest thing to a fair value for a quarterback uh, in a salary cap system, I think the only route to do it is the Kirk Cousins route. And Kirk Cousins has made more money than basically every quarterback in the league because he got franchise tagged twice, then he got to free agency. And that's Kirk Cousins. I think if, if Lamar Jackson wants to, you know, make billions, as he said, as he said with a B, mm-hmm. or, or essentially change the league in the way that they have to handle quarterbacks, the only way anyone's ever going to get that done is to be 
a top-shelf quarterback that gets the free agency in his prime. That That is taking on a, an incredible amount of risk, uh, but if he actually did it and he had, let's say, a Hall of Fame career, uh, he would be the most powerful player in NFL history because I would argue Kirk Cousins on a contractual basis has been close to it, and that's Kirk Cousins. So I, I think that's the idea, at least maybe from from Lamar Jackson's side. So let me let me retort by saying every quarterback is a free agent. Then we're, we're seeing that, like every quarterback has the power, and and whether they choose to usurper it or not, what you, the only thing that happens is this year specifically, because you can say once he gets into the um, the tag years, he would be making the top dollar, but this year specifically, he would be losing money in the process by doing that instead of agreeing to a long-term deal with huge guarantees. This year, that fifth year of his original deal is lesser money than what he could be making. So you're trading that off to say, hey, but you can go get the free agency and you could really break the bank. But the truth is, everyone's a free agent. Sean Watson proved that. That he you had know, a contract. I, I, right, I get it. But I think it, I still think it's different. If, if, you get, if you get out there on your own and you're getting to choose the teams, not only can you choose the teams, but you can choose the terms of the contract. Like Kirk Cousins has had so much power since he signed that one free agency deal where he's been able to keep adding on these extra years every way. Like he, he and his agent have sort of controlled the process in a way that, that other quarterbacks don't. And you can say, yeah, you can be a jerk or a creep like Deshaun Watson, or you can be a pain in the ass that your teammates get sick of like Aaron Rodgers, or you can try to handle it like the most honest way possible, uh, which would maybe be the Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins route. Like he's not putting, he's not doing anything negative towards the team. He's handling it, I think, like a pro, and he's trying to like maximize uh, what he can do. And this is all speculation. I don't even, we right, don't even know right. for sure no, if this is what None he's trying do. to do. It's just, it's just but, what makes sense. Uh, Greg, I think that what I would push back on is the idea that, it, that this would make you a jerk or make you, I think you're, I don't think there's anybody in the locker room that doesn't understand you constantly trying to get as much money as you possibly can. I mean, I've never had a player that has pushed back on that ever, that everybody understands you make as much money as you can possibly make, and you know you have the leverage. You always, always have the leverage because there aren't 32 high-level quarterbacks. Uh, I disagree. I don't think Aaron Rodgers or even Tom Brady or even Drew Brees have really had the total amount of leverage that they could because – Take away the salary, like include the salary cap. You know, if they weren't a salary cap, I don't think player. You know, fans don't like to hear this, but quarterbacks are extremely underpaid. Like, one hundred percent. What are they actually? You know, in a they are really system. worth at least fifty one percent of your salary cap because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Not, not only that, imagine if there wasn't a salary cap, oh, like the rest be of the five hundred million dollars. I mean, it would it'd be insane. Owners are yeah, yeah. He, they would be making like the soccer player money over a hundred million dollars. Who who even knows? Right. Um. I think the only way that they actually would have full leverage is to get to what Cousins did. And I think Cousins is a great example because no one's ever believed Cousins was a top 10 quarterback. And look at what he's done. You know what I mean? And people but, but, are like, but that oh, required. He's, like, he's, the, he's the finesse king. And that happened in a, in a lucky way. Right. Intentional. But what if it was intentional? And what if it was a great quarterback doing that? I think if for someone with eyes on the bigger market and just sort of idea of an impact you could make almost like lebron james made an impact of when he started just choosing teams whether that's positive or negative maybe that's what lamar is thinking but that but that, by the way i'm completely on we're talking to greg rosenthal nfl network nfl.com around the nfl um 
what you just said to me is is my argument, right? My argument is you've already got that. You don't have to take less money. You don't have to make any sacrifices in order to get there. You have the ability to be LeBron James. And every one of these quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson really has changed the game. He did not need a contract. They gave him a fully guaranteed contract anyway because what he realized, and he got it with the team, that he got what he wanted in the process. He had choices. He was able to pick where he wanted to be. Because every single one of these guys has every ounce of leverage. Deshaun Watson's a creep, but I don't think it's because of this. It's because of the other things we know about Deshaun Watson. Every single one of these guys has the ability to say, you have to have me. If you're not willing to pay me that number, and then the same number wherever it goes the following year, you got to move me to the team that does. And what that does is it breaks everything down. And we all of a sudden realize all these guys are NBA players. And every year they're really doing one-year deals. They always keep their guarantees, but they're always doing one-year deals to maximize what they're worth. And as soon as people realize that's what Deshaun Watson did, then six more guys do that. And it's not a creep thing. It's just the way the business works. It's, that's, that's the standard now. Is we all understand you have the leverage, you have the power, Use your power. Don't sit around and wait for it. You've got it now. Why Why are you waiting to extort somebody if you're going to extort them three you know, years down the road? No, no, one, no one's trying to extort anything. I, I don't think. I don't think it's, it's like that. I, I I hear what you're saying, and, and you're right, but I still struggle to see a situation where Steve Bishotti and Eric DaCosta are, are, are across the negotiating table from Lamar Jackson and that he has as much leverage as you think. I, I just think for, for a player to actually change the, you said to John Watson changing it. He, he did in a sense, but he, he'll probably never get the free agency. And Lamar Jackson, if he, if he wanted to go that route, and yes, you're, you're taking some risk, but I think if you're Lamar Jackson, you look at the $20 million you're making this year, 19, and you think that's, what quintuple what I've made in my career that's mm-hmm. going to change my life forever that's enough and the only way um, to get a contract that is close to what he's actually worth would be getting a free agency because you, you're saying they're already doing it now like what if Lamar Jackson was a free agent right now what do you think he might make I don't know it's, de- might, it's definitely make 70 million dollars a year it, it starts he, at Deshaun Watson's number I know that much it starts at oh, a full and oh, team I think it I think it goes a oh, lot I, higher. I, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm un- I think what you're underrating is the difference between freely available to all the teams and still negotiating this in a situation where, where it's either a trade or, or you're just going against different – I don't know. If like Aaron Rodgers is a free agent right now. I feel like he could have gotten $65, $70 million for a, you know, one or two two-year guarantees of that. I, I don't know, and I think – I think that's what Lamar maybe is looking at. And maybe he's just looking at freedom. He wants to see what the situation will be like. It still won't be for three years at least, which is which is the part as someone, like if he was my friend or a right. family member, you know, that's, it's a long couple of years. And an injury doesn't change everything. But his, his play could if he doesn't, you know, stay at the highest level, if he has more seasons like, 2021. To me, the proof you you've already got the I, everything you're saying. I completely understand. I just think that we're putting too much into the concept of free agency. There's still only so many teams that are going to be in the market whenever you get the free agency. There's no, there's not for a top quarter. I don't think we're putting too much on that. Uh, just because I don't think we've seen it, and so how can we even know? You know, the only t- the only time lately we've seen it is Kirk Cousins. 
Oh, and Tom Brady, by the way. Hey, good job, NFL. He was right. a free agent, and right. no one offered him more than $25 million right. yeah, a year. Yeah. At least the Chargers tried. I'll give them... A little bit of a, a little bit of. But a but that's sort of that's sort of my point. You still like a, a team that already has Joe Burrow isn't going for Lamar Jackson in three years when he gets to free agency, right? Sure. Like there, there will be seven as I, long as there's there's going to be more going for him than we're going for Deshaun Watson, even like if you're well, yeah, really I don't, available. I don't disagree with that. Like there were teams that were just never going to do it with Deshaun Watson. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. But right now. If Lamar Jackson is really available, let's say the Seahawks have decided we're moving on to get another quarterback, but if all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's on the table, are they definitely deciding that? Or are they maybe reconsidering their thought process in relation to what it is they're doing at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson being on the table? You, you mentioned the NBA. I do think it could be something where if he did play this out, and man, it's going to I find this story fascinating, but mm-hmm. I'll probably find it less fascinating when we're still talking about it in two years. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, it could be something like the NBA, where, where guys like James Harden, or may, maybe that's the wrong example, but like when they're coming up for free agency, like LeBron, that teams are positioning themselves for that person up to two years in advance for it. Like, okay, that's the year he's going to be free. We kind of know that, and that's a part of their thinking. Maybe, but I'd also say that even those players have forced their way out here earlier, right? Like you're positioning yourself for James Harden or whoever it is, and they don't like where they are. They say you got to move me. I've got the power. I, I just think that we are really downplaying exactly how much leverage quarterbacks have. I, I, I think we're missing that, and I think that to me is the absolute story of the Deshaun Watson thing. Is the quarterbacks have all of it? And Steve Bashotti saying yesterday, if you don't have a quarterback, your life sucks, is one of the most honest things I think I've heard from him in years, right? Like, you have to have a quarterback. Whatever the was that num- a shot at Joe Flacco, or what was it? Uh, no, I don't even think it was. I think it was more about the idea. I think there has been this this thing that's been presented. I'm sure you've heard this. There's this stupid number that's being tossed around by people that no team has ever won a Super Bowl paying 15% of their salary cap to one quarterback, right? And there's this immediate caveat, which is, yeah, but the Rams spent even more than that on the quarterback position because they were still playing, you know, Jared Goff money on the cap a year ago. So So stupid. People were super into that stat, and then it's like, uh, Tom Brady just won, and Matthew Stafford just Right. Just shut up about that. If you guys could look at, like, the winning teams and and the the waste that every even Super Bowl winning team has on their roster. How about just like don't waste twenty five million dollars on a defensive end that gets injured right away or on dead cap. A hundred percent. There's people plenty get so of worked up about the quarterback when the quarterbacks, even the best ones, are only like worth twice of like a Yannick Ngakwe. And it's like, which would you rather have? I got, I got the sense that what he was referring to was the idea that pe- there are people that genuinely believe that you have to bust the quarterback system and you just have to draft one, play him for five years, move on, right? Like, go trade him, get your next quarterback. And I think that's what he was responding to, is the idea of the, just, just moving on and never paying a quarterback this amount of dollars because it makes life too difficult. Uh, the, life is too difficult when you don't have a quarterback. That's when right. life is too difficult. The difficult part isn't paying your quarterback. It's when life gets too difficult. I I think the quarterbacks are realizing they have all of the power. It's all with them. They can do whatever they want. There is always a bad team that desperately needs a quarterback that can be used as leverage with your own team. You don't want to do this? What's weird? They don't have a quarterback in Washington. You want to talk more about this and figure out exactly how far they're willing to go? You don't want to pay me that number? I just don't know why anyone would choose not to use the power that very clearly exists. 
That's the part that I'm and trading off That's money fine. in the short I, term. I guess my thing for Ravens fans is like, don't sweat it. Like this, like he's happy to be there. He he he. Yeah, said I know. That he tweeted his, that today, tweet. right? I but I I would have no doubt. There's nothing he said, done, acted like. You've got a great leader, a great quarterback. He's not going anywhere for the next few years. I like. I also wouldn't stress it. Um, maybe he really will try to play this out and do the Cousins thing, and I think that would be a fascinating experiment by him and to watch. But even if he does do that, that's three years away. Like that's that's a long that's a long time, and and like a lot's going to happen I, I, between now I, and then, including a chance for the Ravens to just get right. the thing done. And I, what I would say is, if that really is what they're doing. You know, if that really is an obsession with, I've got to go the seven-year route. I've got to go and get the free agency. I do think it forces the Ravens' hand at some point to say, do we have to think about trading him and what we could get in the process? And I think that's what kind of makes Ravens fans nervous a little bit. Right. Um, and even even that's a couple years away. But, again, it's kind of like baseball. Like, you have to wait till what, your sixth, your seventh year to get the free agency in baseball. And, and you keep saying – Glenn, how the quarterbacks have all the power. I just, I don't see that. I don't see any, in this system, it's impossible for the players to have all the power. And I, and I do think. I agree with any other position. idea here to find, to find out how much power a quarterback could truly have. I think you would have to go the Lamar, uh, Kirk Cousins route if he, if he did that. How is Watson not the, but how is Deshaun Watson not the living proof of how much power that quarterbacks have? Yeah, you got got a, you got a lot. He is a, a he is someone that uh, some teams would not touch, would not have anything to do with, and yet he got a fully guaranteed contract. Like that, that's everything you need to know about the quarterback position. That, that a guy that was a pariah could get a fully guaranteed deal in the NFL, which nobody can well, they get. Did, they, didn't, they didn't see him as a pariah. They didn't care about that. that I, I, that, 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 I mean, clearly. But that to me, that's yeah. everything you need to know about the quarterback's power, right? Like this guy. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen. Yeah. Deshaun so, Watson. I, just, to, just to play the other side, if I'm Lamar, I, I see that. And, and at least if, if you were the, of the idea you want to get the Greens, I think you could absolutely see that and say, well, just imagine if you didn't have all that. If you didn't I, have I agree. the meaning to give up the three first-round picks, if you didn't uh, have uh, all the baggage that the Sean Watson, like, imagine what that would be. And and it's also not just that first contract. It's really once you get there, the rest of your career, the next 10 years, I think you're able to control it in a way uh, that just no other NFL quarterbacks really ever have. So I just would be – I'd be curious to see it, even if it caused – uh, a lot of Ravens fans to you know need a lot of antacid over the next few years. Is Nick Kyrgios ever going to be a threat to win something? Like I, I the last couple of weeks, I said to myself, man, you know he's he's playing well, he's beating real dudes. You know maybe he's turned a corner, maybe winning matters to him, maybe he wants to, you know, and then womp womp. Um, is it ever going to happen? Is he ever going to be a threat to win something? A threat to win something, yeah. I think he can make some semis and he could get there. But he's he's not going to be. He'll never be high on the list to make it through two weeks playing best out of three, three out of five sets uh, to win a Grand Slam. I think these events that we love so much, Indian Wells and Miami back to back, which are is probably my favorite two tournaments of the year, other than the four Grand Slams, uh, is his best chance to win. And even even here, sort of at his best, he. He ultimately goes down in a close match to Nadal, and then to center he loses his mind. And 
that's sort of what he is. I think he's a, a supporting character, but there's just so many other guys that are great players, as good or better than him as a player, and don't and have their heads together, you know, that don't lose their minds. That's a shame, man. It's a real shame because it would be great for tennis if he could just have a, a stretch where he just, it's just the talent and none of the other stuff, you know? Like, it would just be so good for the sport. Well, he's, he's, he just did for a month. I mean, he, he's also winning lots of doubles yeah, matches. Yeah, sure, right. Can, can he keep that going for a year and finish in the top 20 or something? Like, that would be the, the first step. This He he does take up a lot of oxygen, and it, it's, it's almost... A, I've been a fan, but it's also annoying. Oh, it's too much. It's it's too much. But every, I mean, I want to. I want to buy into it. I want to believe in it for a second. And I'm like, nope, nope. It's the same old story. It's the same old story. But it's been a good. Uh, Great. It's good. Here's the thing, your boy Yannick Sinner, like which no one in America knows who that man yes, is. Correct. Like ultimately, like he's a younger, better version of Nick Kyrgios without the mental stuff. So it's like. I'll bet on that guy. You know, like, he's not as exciting. He's not going to get – maybe it's not as flashy. But at this point, he's already as good, if not a better player. Well, none of them are as good as Carlos Alcaraz, who's going to be a, a – he's going to win a bunch of these things. He's going to win a ton of them. And I've, I've, I'm, that's a confident bet for me, that if he stays healthy, this kid is going to be special for the next decade, man. Uh, it's a name that if you're not familiar with, I would encourage you to get familiar with. And we will definitely be talking about him next week on Courts of Thunder, as he might very well be the Miami champion. Um, I, I'm with you. Uh, if, if there's one thing that Glenn and I have ever said about tennis that anyone should, should listen as a tip is that Carlos Alvarez is the best young player I've ever seen. Like, in terms of when I've really been a hardcore Super fan, which is the last decade. He's clearly the best young player of the last decade. Of all, to me, it's not even question. All of these guys that we've talked about, and even Daniil Medvedev, yeah. Medvedev, who's already gotten there, yeah. right? Like he's already proven right. it. He's already legit. This guy's even better than that. This guy oh, yeah. is the best young player. I and boy, I've been a hardcore fan for twenty five. I, I don't. I've never seen anything like this kid. Like it's I mean, insane. Was pretty good. Yeah, sure, that's fair. That's fair. I think we can go back. That's fine. That's our standard. But it might be going back that far. And I'm not telling you that he's going to win 20 grand slams, right? Like, I'm not saying that. But he's going to win a bunch. He's going to win a slew of them. All right, buddy. What, uh, what's, what's, what's your guy's schedule? What are, you, what are you doing these days? We're still cranking out around the NFL podcast. And we got the broadcast on, on Fridays as well. So it's a nice time of year. It's finally quieting down a little bit. feels like the season is just ending now. So I'm... I'm thankful for that at greg rosenthal with two g's on twitter that's how you follow him love you pal we'll talk to you soon all right it's, see you glenn it's greg rosenthal checking in with us here on gcr today's show also brought to you by underdog fantasy football if you're not playing underdog i think you're a crazy person you can't bet on your phone or on your computer yet in the state of maryland but you can play underdog and feel like you're betting player props parlays Daily, weekly, traditional fantasy contests, they're available. No, you can't just straight bet a game. That's not allowed yet. But you can do things that make you feel like you're betting with Underdog Fantasy Football. Download the Underdog app. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you use the code PRESSBOX, make your first deposit up to $100. We'll match it with free money for you to play with. Again, underdogfantasy.com. The relevant part about what Greg is saying is, okay, but if you try to force your way out, somebody still has to be willing to pay a, a significant price for you. Mm. And there's a trade-off in that, right? Like, are we really going to pay someone three first-round picks and then pay the player this historic amount of money in order to get them? 
And my answer is yes. <laughs> yes, you are. And the Browns to me are that example. I, I I just I I think it's a culture shock thing because we're used to the idea of a player forcing their way out as being a bad thing. But I'm not I'm not a believer in that. One, I don't think you're really trying to force your way out. I believe Lamar Jackson. I believe Lamar Jackson wants to be in Baltimore. But there's a number for that. There's got to be a number for that. It's not just, well, whatever you want to pay me. It's, I want to be in Baltimore because you're going to pay me the exponential price that it costs to have a quarterback. At some point, you got to do it. And to say, well, I'm going to present it as though the seventh year is the best time to do that. What happens when the draft two years from now happens to be the greatest quarterback draft in the history of football and instead of there being eight teams that need quarterbacks there's really only like two or three a couple years ago we were in that place where there are only a couple of teams that really desperately needed quarterbacks the majority of teams had them and i get greg's point back is well yeah but you might have a quarterback but if you got a shot at lamar jackson the browns technically had a quarterback right and they took Mm -hmm. they could do better but there's there's 10 teams that are in that boat right now. You're banking that the year you're available is the year where there's the best quarterback market to you? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But there's no reason you can't cash in now and then. You just have to be willing to use your leverage. The only thing you're doing in the process is giving up money. This year, you can make more money. And you can make more money three years down the road. Both things can be done. You just have to play the game. Well, you don't really want to do that. You don't really want to make yourself a, a, a unliked within your community. I, I'm going to be honest with you. If the Ravens are unwilling to pay Lamar Jackson what it costs to get a quarterback at this point, I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be the guy that's unliked in the community. I, I think we know where the heat's going to be. This is the market for a quarterback. You're not willing to pay it? Who's going to be the one that's unliked? Oh, without question. you got to be willing to play the game, and that's the part. Now, he doesn't have to, but I just cannot get to the place where you're somehow better off doing the other thing. You, you can't paint that picture to me. Both things can happen. You can both get the money now, and get the money again three years down the road. Quarterbacks have all of the leverage. And no one has proven it more than Deshaun Watson has. They've got all of it. You think the Falcons want to play Marcus Mariota as their quarterback next season? Not a chance in hell. Zero. We know that because they put a full-court press on for Deshaun Watson. Mm Mm-hmm. They realized, you really want to have Deshaun Watson? This is what it costs you. Okay, now Lamar Jackson's available. This is the leverage you have. You just have to be willing to use it. If Lamar Jackson doesn't want to, that's fine. He doesn't, nobody's forcing him to do that. I just can't pretend like it's better for him to do something else. It's not. The thing that was 
portrayed to me by a couple of people is that maybe he believes he's doing something bigger for the uh, union as a whole by trying to bust down the franchise tag system. By just saying, I love you, but I I'm not doing anything because I'm making a statement about the franchise tag being unfair to players. So I refuse to let you have that as leverage over me. I'm going to do it this way because I'm making a bigger statement for the Players Association. Well, are you saying you definitely never sign with the Ravens then because of it? Like if all you do is wait a couple more years and end up signing with the Ravens anyway, what statement did you make? I don't think that the franchise tag system is fair to players. I think it's bad for players. I get that there's got to be a give and take. What the league would say is, hey, we want players to stay entrenched in communities because it creates more long-term relationships. It makes kids more willing to buy jerseys. If they don't have to worry about, like in the NBA, players constantly moving... It's better for the overall health of the league that guys are drafted somewhere, particularly the quarterbacks, because it's a quarterback league, and stay there for a while. It's why we want to continue to fight for the franchise tag system is because it gives the best chance for children to fall in love with someone in their town, make them football fans, have them stay football fans long term. And that would be right. Is it fair for the players? Not necessarily. Is it something that you should be willing to give on for the better ultimate health of the league as a whole? I, I don't know the equation on that. I haven't done the full math on that. Well, and the franchise tag, doesn't it just hurt the franchise in the long run anyway? Because it's taking away, all that money's guaranteed. For the year, yes. For, 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 for a one-year year scenario, it's not ideal. But the idea is it buys you more time in order to get something done. Right. Right? The, con right. the concept always ends up being it's so rare that you have a Kirk Cousins situation where a team uses the franchise tag knowing we're not going to pay you what market value is. Mm -hmm. We won't do that. Yeah. It's but extraordinarily rare. I, I just... I look at the Ravens situation. If Lamar Jackson been drafted in 2017 instead of 2018, we're looking mm -hmm. at a $50 million franchise tag right now, and that completely right. cripples them from doing anything well, else. It goes back to the, if that's what you're willing to pay a quarterback, why wouldn't you just have a deal done at that number, right? right. Like that, that, This is the insanity of the entire conversation. Right. So the idea that Lamar Jackson has to get to free agency because free agency is where he can maximize his value, I, we've already, we already know what Lamar Jackson's value is. I, I don't you you are I'm struggling for you to tell me how his value is changing. Well, your right answer because the numbers are going up. He can do it again. Deshaun Watson just did it again. And he didn't play last year. And he might be suspended this season. And he just got another contract. Mm. You can do it again in three years. You can go back and say the market has changed. You've got to meet me there. You don't have to wait and take less money in the process. You don't have to do that in order to maximize your value. You just have to recognize your value. Again, I'm not, whatever Lamar Jackson wants to do is what he wants to do. We're all adults here. 
We don't kink shame. The whole thing. Whatever you want to do, do it. But others of us trying to say that this is what makes the most sense, no. No, it doesn't. Someone's got to step in and say, look around, man. Smell the roses. You don't have to wait. The money is there. Somebody wants to make you the highest paid quarterback in football. The Saints want to do that. The Falcons want it. Somebody. Somebody that I used to know. Somebody wants to do that. You've got to play the game and say, if it's not you, send me to where they will. And if the Ravens say, all right, you know, we, sorry, we changed our mind. We get it. We don't want to create a situation here. We'll go ahead and do it. Then three years down the road, if Joe Burrow's making $80 million a year, you go back to him and say, you know what's funny? Things have changed. I'm a franchise caliber quarterback still. The market has moved. Let's have this chat again. And it's no different than what it would be if you're going into free agency in three years. The teams that need quarterbacks still need quarterbacks. We can't make it make sense. And again, unless it's just something really unique about, unless it's the Steve Bishotti thing. Dude just wants to win a Super Bowl. It's just who he is. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, that's the case. High five. I, I, it wouldn't be what I would do, but you have every right to do it. But we, from the outside, can't pretend as though it's a sensical answer. Only Lamar can handle that. And that's his be- business. That's his place. I, don't, I ain't knocking him. I ain't. He's doing all right for himself. Yeah, twenty-three million is a good number for anybody. Be fine with that. I mean, my God, I'm, I want I want people to know I'm willing to work for two point three. Just wanted that to be out there. I'm willing to do it for a tenth of that number. How Browns would it be to give up all that draft capital and all that money for Deshaun Watson? He doesn't play this year because he's suspended. He's two years removed from the last time he played, and he's not the same player. Um, like, like we yeah, saw what I mean, happened with Le'Veon yes, Bell. It would be extraordinarily Browns. There's no doubt about that. I, I am. I, the the whispers around the league is that the Browns are very confident that he's not getting suspended. Mm-hmm. Those are the whispers. Like the people say that they've the, they're not saying they know anything on the NFL side. What they say is that the Browns are acting as though they know. They know that is not something that is a concern to them. What that means, couldn't tell you. I have no clue. But oh. you know, it it. it Maybe making the trade alone would be enough evidence of that, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you don't make this trade if you are in, in terrible fear that Deshaun Watson is about to get hit with a lengthy suspension. And I'm pretty sure that Roger Goodell and the owners are pretty tight, so maybe the Browns owner knows something that we're not privy to. I mean, although I don't know if Jimmy Haslam is the one. He's brought a little bit of shame towards the NFL, given some of his business dealings. I'm not sure if he's the guy that would be the closest, but... Sure. I mean, like, Roger Goodell works for them. Let's make yeah. that abundantly clear. They're, they're his boss. So, undoubtedly, like, there would be some access to some information. Although, I don't think they would have better information than anybody else would have. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to make of that. All right. When we come back in, we're going to get a tidbit. We're going to get tubular. We're going to wind down for a Wednesday edition of the program. Hey, if you missed it yesterday, stand the fan. Caught up with Jackie McWilliams, the commissioner of the CIAA sort of put the finishing touches on their first event here in Baltimore, started looking ahead to 2023, and a revitalized Baltimore arena hosting the next CIAA tournament. You can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash video to check it out there. It's GCR. That first sip. 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, we are winding down for a Wednesday edition of the... I keep forgetting what day it is as I start to say that. I I don't know why I'm forgetting what day it is. I think if you guys knew how much had been going on behind the scenes in relation to our the, the guest thing I talked about earlier, I think if you knew that, you might understand more of how difficult the week has been mm. for everybody involved. Um, Paul, I, Ryan Shell, like there's been a lot going on. Just a lot happening um, for a guest that I don't think we're getting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put more work in, more back and forths. And we make a lot of, if you knew the number of phone calls we make for things that don't come through, like it's staggering. You know, our, our hit rate is like 10% mm-hmm. um, of the things that we try for. But the amount of work that we put into this one, and, and not no offense to you, Paul, because you do a lot of other things. This one, Ryan and I more more so on this one. Um, 
it's it's almost it's like I've I've lost myself at times. <laughs> like last night, I realized because I then I had to I, I had to do the I did the Spalding uh, lacrosse game yesterday. They look so good, man. They are unbelievable. Mikey Wieshauer is legit as all. Leg- I have no idea how Towson managed to get him, man. That's incredible for them. I guess his brother goes there, and that's part of the story. That kid is legit, and Spalding's really good. They're a serious threat to win the A conference. But they had me over to call a game yesterday, and then I was like, "Oh crap! I got a Stevenson game tomorrow. I got to prep that." And at some point, I looked up. And I'm like, "I haven't worked out today. What the? It's 11:30 at night. I haven't done a work. I got to go get on the bike. I got to, you know, like what? I have lost myself this week with so much going on. Again, for a guest, I don't think we're going to get. Yeah, they, we were still holding out. We were leaving the possibility that he might call today at 11. Did not happen. Um, so I guess I could give it away that it was a he. <laughs> I guess I've given that much away. Uh, we'll see. And at some point before the week is over, I will tell you more about it. I will give you more information about what happened. Um, because I'm not trying to hide it from you. I'm just trying to make sure that we know definitively whether or not it's going to happen. And, you know, as of the last email exchange, I did not know definitively whether or not it was going to happen. So, it's really screwed me up this week, just sort of working on that, all the work that we put into it. If you have not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, I don't know what. Like like uh, Lincoln Park and Jay-Z once said, what the hell are you waiting for? I know Jay-Z said it first, but then I enjoy. I really did dig. It's funny because I look back on it. I have had like a Lincoln Park epiphany that I'd be willing to do a full um, podcast about. Mm-hmm. We convinced ourselves they kicked ass. <laughs> he really did. They did not kick ass. They were an emo band. <laughs> and they were just an emo band that was doing electronic versions of emo. Mm-hmm. And somehow we convinced ourselves they were a rock band. Like, they were really getting after it. Go back and listen to, like, any Linkin Park song now in context. They were an emo band. Mm-hmm. Think about Numb, Right. It's just a depressing song. Yeah, a lot of their songs it's, are It's depressing. all it is. It's just depressing. Like, they're just... And it's very sad, obviously. Chester, of course, he was going through what he was going through, and I'm not trying to minimize that. Um, but, like, we really did believe that, like, they were at the height of rock at that point in there. Like, we, the 98 Rock could not have played more Linkin Park music on the station that always played Metallica, right? And looking back on it now, I don't know why, but I came across... I went to the big Live 8 show in Philadelphia... Um, where Linkin Park and Jay-Z played together. And I went back and rewatched that recently, and I was like, it is not as kick-ass as I remember it being. Like, I remember it being just the most amazing thing ever when it happened. It was just so cool, right? You're like, holy crap, it's the biggest rapper in the world, the biggest rock band in the world. They're doing this thing. Mashups are cool. Like, I'm all in. I We went up to Philly. We saw him. It was incredible. Now I look at it back, and I'm like, what did I think was great about this? You and I'm not making light of anything here, but you listen to the lyrics of most of their songs, and it—how could you not see that that was a guy that was going through some stuff? Uh, sure, I mean, like, but art—we we try to separate art from. There are people that make art that have nothing to do with their actual life, right? It's mm-hmm. just the art that they make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I—I I, I certainly don't blame us for not seeing it, right? Because art is art. Art, art often imitates life and vice I, versa. hundred percent, but there, this is the bit we do where we try to pretend like uh, video games are the problem for why it right. is that we have uh, gun problems in, in this country, right? Like, like uh, we can people are completely capable of separating art from life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can imitate life, but it's it, we, we like to do this where we say art is life, and it's not true. It's just not. There are people for whom art is just art. That's right. all it is. I just find um, it... Find it find it difficult to believe that somebody could write lyrics I mean, like that and not have something going on. I, I, well, 
I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have things going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, in the context that we knew that he was suicidal, I don't, I don't know about that. You yeah. know what I mean? I think, that's, I think that's a reach. But in general, my point being, um, it, it was emo. Like, yeah. it was just a, a different presentation of emo music that we didn't recognize. It doesn't mean there aren't still Linkin Park songs that I love. Like, of course I still love some I Linkin Park songs. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing to me that we accepted them as like a rock and roll act. And the truth is, they were far closer to like dashboard confessional, like the actual <laughs> mu- music they made. It was just not. It 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 had more he- electric guitar. It had heavier guitar, maybe, but it was dashboard confessional, babe. Like that's what it was. The moral of the story is: What the hell are you waiting for? Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms. <laughs> there will be no more after this is gone. One last time, I need y'all. This is a Jay Z song that I've I've given to Lincoln Park just because they did a, a mashup of it. It's so funny that I'm doing this. Go pick it up. It's got Gary Williams on the cover. It's free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. We celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland's National Basketball Championship. <sighs> what the hell just... What the hell What the hell you happened turn to me? press box print edition into a Lincoln uh, Park. I don't, I don't know what any of that was. I don't know what any of it was. All right. Uh, tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, Rodney Elliott and I will be there on Monday night for the title game. Looking forward to seeing you there. Hopefully it doesn't involve Duke, but I'm, not, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, and if it does, we will root like hell against them is how that will work on Monday. Come join us. Of course, any $50 or more bet on any NCAA tournament game with three left. If you're a Live Rewards member, you can register to win a $500 bracket bonus. Get signed up for Live Rewards. Join us Monday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the title game. All right, the talk of Baltimore and the talk of this show uh, is Lamar Jackson, how he's playing his contract negotiations. It would make sense in the negotiations would start at Deshaun Watson's five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract, considering Lamar has done more in the league than Watson, like winning an MVP and leading the league in touchdowns while compiling a 37-12 and record compared to Watson's 28-25 and record. Since 2019, when Lamar Jackson was voted just the second unanimous MVP in NFL history, Jackson has tallied eight games with a quarterback rating over 133. Can you name those games? You don't have to give me dates. I know you're bad say, with dates. Say that one more time. He, Lamar Jackson has eight right. games with a quarterback rating of 133. Okay, so the Colts game high. last year. That is correct. Obviously, obviously the Dolphins game, the starters, mm-hmm. was that the second season? Uh, yes, so it was 140.5 rating over the over the Colts last year, 158.3 a perfect rating over Miami on September 8th, 2019. And that was the day we were like, what, 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 what is this? <laughs> Hollywood's first game. There have been so many like questions about Lamar Jackson that offseason. We're like, did the Ravens make the right? Decision? And then the first game it was just the most brilliant performance you'd ever seen. You were like, oh, oh, this this is a this is a done different thing. Uh, the Rams game that year, the Monday Night Football game. Yep, uh, forty-five to six win over the Rams, one hundred and thirty-nine point four. Um, Lamar Jackson's highest. How many more? You said there's eight. Yeah, there's uh, there's Jeez. five more Christ. games. Eight, eight, and the number was one one thirty-three or higher. Uh, there were a couple other games. I'm assuming in the MVP year. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try the. Oh God! One of those Bengals games—the game where he did the Houdini thing. Yep, in the forty-nine to thirteen win, he had a second perfect quarterback rating, one hundred fifty-eight point three, on November tenth, twenty nineteen. He's Houdini. Yeah, I mean that was. How about the? 
I don't think it was the Seahawks game because I don't think they threw the ball enough in that game for him to have. He didn't have a great uh, completion percentage. He only had the one touchdown, too. How about... I'm guessing there are other games that year, though. There's, There's two, two more other... games that year and two yeah. more games in 2020. Two more games that year, two more games in 2020. Because Indianapolis was the only game he did right. it this year. It's hard for me to remember some of the blowouts from that year. Yeah. Did they... Oh, God. There were, there were a lot of blowouts. Uh, the Sunday Night Football Patriots game. No. Okay. That was a big one, though. Yeah, that was a huge win, but not a high, not the highest quarterback rating. I'm, were they bad teams? Is that the reason why I'm struggling with it? Um, One team was supposed to be good that year, and they weren't. Another team was oh, also supposed God. to be good. They're always supposed to be good recently, and they just aren't. One and then two were bad. Always supposed to be good and just aren't. They're paper champions. They're paper champions. I don't know who you're referring to. Paper I, I will champions. tell you it happened on my birthday. Uh, well, now I know. If you had just told me that to begin with, of course. It was the... I don't remember who they played. I, I don't, you're going to have to tell me the other The season opener, September 13th, 2020, a 152.1 Oh, rating. I was thinking of 19. I was thinking of the 19 season. Oh. oh. Um, but yeah, that's another team that... Was, uh, their quarterback has been in the news a lot recently. Their former quarterback. Oh, the Texans. Yeah, yeah. the Texans. Uh, Texans. One thirty-nine point two and forty-one to seven win over. Is the, the paper champion won the Browns? Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Okay. Yeah, in in 2020, okay. they opened the season on my birthday, like three years oh, out of four. How about that? How, what's wait? What's your birthday? September, September 13th. Well, how about that? Mine's the sixth. Yeah. Um, I know your birthday, man. I don't know. I barely know my wife's birthday. <laughs> it's April 25th. I do know my wife's birthday. Oh, God, I should get her something. That's the day after my mom and my stepdad's anniversary. How about that? I think that's uh, that's why they chose it, isn't it? <laughs> they didn't want to take the shine away. <laughs> we uh, know that, that Mrs. Clark was born yeah, on the 25th. Man, come on, we can't we can't interrupt that. Uh, all right, just tell me the others. Uh, December 12, 2019, 134.4 and a 42-21 win over the Jets. I forgot they and, the Jets uh, that year. December 20th, 2020, 133.1 and a 40-14 win over Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, remembering these bad teams, like games yeah. that they, you just forget about them ever happening. All right, very good. Tidbit. Um, or how about just a reminder that you need to know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Tubular brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.com. Dot org. Here's what's coming up totally tubbler-wise. The final match in qualifying for the World Cup is tonight, the U.S.-Costa Rica, 9 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. As long as the U.S. doesn't lose like 6-0, they're good. Which, of course, famous last words, but everybody's making a big deal about them doing that banner bit the other night where they said they were qualified and they're not actually qualified yet. I'm not all that worked up about it, but just... Don't F this up. My Don't pull God. a Carson Wentz against the My Jags. God, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's tonight, 9 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Maryland baseball scored like 26 runs against Towson yesterday. They're in action at 3 o'clock uh, at George Mason on ESPN+. Plus. Um, good local D3 lacrosse rivalry, Stevenson-Salisbury tonight at 7. You can watch it on Salisbury's website, suseagulls.com. Maryland women's lacrosse at Georgetown tonight at 7 on Flow Sports. God, Loyola took their first loss last night by one goal at Syracuse. Mm. So there's only one unbeaten left in the women's game. It's North Carolina. My God, it was a hell of a game. I was watching a good bit of it. Um, 
or listening anyway, in the car after I finished the Spalding game, and it was a thriller. They just came up one goal short. My cousin Erica had a full-ride scholarship to play lacrosse at Syracuse. She was number three player in the country. What happened? She went there. Oh, okay. I mean, she like, went there and she played against Maryland like, a couple yeah, times in the national you, championship. You, you didn't say like she played. You just said like no, she, she had full she, ride. I she thought, played, thought, thought she something started, went wrong or she something was, like that. She was legit. Like, like she lost her leg in a boating accident or something. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, God. For, forklift yeah, accident. Terrible. Oh, even worse. Even worse. No, no, no. She she played. She was a star. And now she's a medical. Um, oh, that's lovely. She's a medical sex. Congratulations to her. She's awesome. Uh, well, wonderful. I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> NBC Sports Washington. Magic Wizards night at 7. ESPN's got Heat Celtics at 7.30. Suns Warriors at 10. I need uh, the U.S. to like make sure they lock things up quickly so I can watch the Suns game tonight. Please take care of that for your boy. Uh, TNT, Rangers, Red Wings at 7.30. Knights cracking at 10. Tennis Channel, Miami Open continues uh, actually right now. Uh, that's back underway. Orioles back on mass on this afternoon against the Rays. Josh Fleming and Bruce Zimmerman, the pitching matchup at 1. MLB Network for Braves, Red Sox at 1. Mariners, Cubs at 4. TBS for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to be on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon at 11.35. WrestleMania. Um, you've got Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King, a Netflix documentary, and the series premiere of Moon Knight. On Disney Plus, isn't there something about that? Like, didn't that, the main villain like die like there, after there, they? There's a story there, and I've already forgotten what the story is. There I, is a story there. Yes. I think it was something like the guy who plays the main villain in the series died after production, and they're kind of like, well, now what do we do? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Does Oscar Isaac is who stars in it? The do, 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 do. um. I'm not fine. I'll figure it out. Anyway, I, I'll look at it at some point. I, it's not a priority. You know what show I looked at on Hulu that I'm like, not sure how I feel about it, but I'll finish it. I looked at the, the Amy Schumer program, the um, Life and Beth. What, I looked at that. What prompt you to do that? I like Amy Schumer. I, really? I, I, I abs- I've always... Amy Schumer, we do this bit... Uh, like you and her mom are like the only two people. No, that's not remotely true. Amy Schumer's very popular. It's just that the, there's certain people that push back because they didn't like the fact that she made jokes about her vagina. You know what I mean? Like it... <laughs> Let's get a look at that vagina. Yeah, the old vagina there. <laughs> um, uh, Amy Schumer's funny. Now, this is not a like slapstick comedy show, which is what makes it so interesting, right? I think it's a compa- the way they incorporate. Com- of course, I've always liked Michael Sarah and always will like Michael Sarah. The way they incorporate comedy into a dark kind of show is fascinating. It is it catches you completely off guard, like there the. The places where they interject comedy without there being like a laugh track, there's no, you have to catch it. Mm-hmm. And when you catch it, you're like, oh my God, that's, that's hilarious. But it's hilarious and it plays to Michael Sarah so perfectly. And what we know of him and the characters that work for Michael Sarah, it plays so perfectly into his hand. He is awkward. He is a farmer. He does not know exactly how to, he's, he's a nice guy. But he does not know how to operate within general society. He's very it, unassumingly funny, and it makes it, me want to see the show. It's out of nowhere. Look, it's it's a it's not. I wouldn't say it's a enjoyable watch because again, it's it's kind of deep and it's dark. But the where the comedy comes from is just so unexpected mm-hmm. that you genuinely enjoy it and appreciate it. I like the show. I like it. It's not the greatest show I've ever seen. I like it. And what's it, it called again? Life and Beth. Life and I'll Beth. I'll give you this tease. It involves a like at 
her mom's funeral a Madonna flash mob. Oh. And a propose like you gotta watch the show. It's maybe it's, I'll check it out. Laura Laura and I the wife and I are looking for uh, new shows to it's watch. It's worth the view. I'm not gonna oversell it. I'm not trying to tell you it, this is not winning time. This is not righteous gemstones. This is not something I would it's it's a really interesting watch and catches you off guard with how absurd the comedy is at times. Okay. All right. Thanks today to uh, Greg Rosenthal. Thanks to Mark Ross. Thanks also to Drew Forrester. We'll get that up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. If you missed Simply the Bets yesterday, you can go find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. We do it every Tuesday morning at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, ben McDonald is joining us tomorrow. I know that. Anything else we got lined up for tomorrow? Or um, not off the, off the top of my head. I don't head. think stuff so. Like, we got to work things. on that. We got to work on that. All right. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors, and what do I feel like? Uh, Keith Cavanaugh. Uh, no, uh, 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 he, he can't, can't come right. in tomorrow. That's We're right. gonna have that, but he can't come in tomorrow, gotcha. unfortunately. That's right. But I feel like there was something else that I was. This is, I'm telling you, the week is really screwing with me, man. I apologize. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow Ryan Shell on Twitter. Thanks to him, at Ryan. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to Jordan, who's back this week and, and getting videos out and churning out content for us video-wise. Appreciate that. All right. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go U.S. soccer. Uh, go Maryland baseball, women's lacrosse, uh, Stevenson lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>